0: Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Balog. And we're just two guys who so have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of a release. This week, we're embracing the silence of the spider god as we begin spine 208 <laughs> in the Criterion Collection. The silent trilogy, perhaps mm. a film trilogy, mm-hmm. I don't know, of Ingmar Bergman. This <laughs> week, we're looking at 209 and 210 in the trilogy i guess sure through a glass darkly from 1961 and winter light from 1963 but first rj how, mm. d- how do you find yourself this evening
1: uh i'm in good health excellent i'm
0: a, I'm a little confused
1: but are when you, is that ever not the case Well, are you in good spirits nah, i mean
0: depends on who's measuring them i guess um, what do you I was just wondering, I mean, I was over at your home like the, mm. and uh, I did notice that there was a, a couple of flats of of beer um, that, oh. that, that were undrank. I mean, and this is like, this was startling to me.
1: Well, Jerry, you only got there at like just at noon. So that was the only one I had only got one of them down. You just saw the two that weren't drank. I see. Yeah, I had some beer in the house and I continue to have some beer in the house.
0: Okay. <clears throat> and I'm going to drink them. Just, just so people are aware that this is not a, this isn't a fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, RJ is in fact not a fictional character, unless he's like doing some high level, uh, you know, lifestyle living where it's uh, he he he's it's all a fiction. We've addressed that nothing is real, Jarrett. Right, art isn't
1: real, science isn't real. Are you and me real? Probably not. Is this a fictional character <laughs> I play for a podcast? Yes, mm-hmm. but like all good characters, maybe they're rooted in some kind of reality.
0: Right. So before I went on that little tangent, you were mentioning mm-hmm. being unsettled.
1: Well, I'm i uh, I'm a little dis dis disquieted here because uh, there there are some things going on, and you know I'm just a little shaky. Had some allergies this weekend. I went to the dentist there's new and exciting surprises in our lives. What mm-hmm. are we gonna do with all this excitement Jer?
0: Well, should we just get to that, that I, I guess so maybe solving one of these mysteries
1: I guess because it's a
0: uh, it's really bothering Andrea so okay. uh, all right so <laughs> um we, we've uh, this is a first for mm-hmm. the podcast in our podcasting mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Um, where someone uh, has sent us boxes from abroad. I mean, this like really does speak to our international success. Well, we're a global phenom, Jared. I don't know if you understand the
1: international sensation that is the criterion creeps. So yes, we get multiple emails a week, sometimes from females. But this week, we got real physical mail.
0: That's right. real mails, mm-hmm. real mailboxes. Uh, so yeah, from friend of the show, Justin mm-hmm. Peterson, who mm-hmm. had threatened to send something or things to mm-hmm. us some time ago and perhaps we thought maybe he had like forgotten about this and it, it had just been dropped and uh it would come to nothing but no he came through and uh this this week uh you received packages meant for you and I yeah and uh,
1: pretty um pretty substantial packages
0: substantial at that. packages
1: One of them is rather large and pretty heavy. And uh, it was a good thing I was home to receive said packages uh, because that was after my dentist experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got these packages and the the delivery man who is – working for a carrier that I'm unfamiliar of, so I'm afraid that that guy's going to straw dogs me any day now. Right. Uh, it was well, called he, like...
0: He saw you lounging around in the backyard, topless, and uh, <laughs> he saw that as a future invitation.
1: And, an invitation. Well, he did comment on my coffee. Uh, he's like, oh, well, mm, that's how your it coffee starts. smells good. But it, it actually, <laughs> it wasn't coffee. I uh, Well, I did make oh, coffee, no. but I also just put down some cinnamon uh, Eggo waffles. Um, because it's like, I, said, I just got home from the dentist. My mouth was all frozen up and I was like, but I gotta eat something. I was like, I'll go for these Eggo waffles. So it smelled real cinnamon in there. And, um, the man came into my house. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So this dude like delivered the packages and he was working for this thing. It was called like just one touch or something. It was like oh, what the carrier was. What? <laughs> it was something like that. What? What is the, uh, what's the receipt here? Uh, it's probably upstairs. I'll find it. Yeah. I I've never heard of said thing, and I was like, this is highly suspicious. Yeah. Uh, and it's really unsettled Andrea too. Because no. uh, <sighs> she was afraid that um we would be receiving some kind of body parts or something. So I made sure well, to lay down a sheet of plastic we, underneath the boxes. We don't we don't, boxes. Know,
0: we don't know that's not the case. We
1: don't, yeah, yeah. So I laid down some plastic, and uh, I've just been waiting. So she was uh it was pretty tough to get her not to come and open up one of these boxes in the night because she was, she's pretty concerned. She thought we were we were going down for sure. So I don't know about you. Did you uh, did you resist temptation and leave the I have, box untouched? Oh, it, it
0: is uh, it is absolutely sealed. I have not opened it. Um, it's right beside me here, though. Uh, I guess you say that there's a number scheme. You've got it, it one appears. and two, and I've got three, J.D., so maybe we'll go in order. And uh, to paraphrase Brad Pitt, uh, what's in the box? What's in the box? Well, this, is a, this might do, be do a – Do you know where Andrea is? Like, she's, is, oh, is she okay? She's got
1: the cops oh. on hold. Okay. Yeah, she does have – she's got 911 on hold. They're like, what's your emergency? She's like, I don't know yet, but I'm pretty confident that something is coming outside out of this thing uh so i the the biggest heaviest one is number one and i think this is not only did we break records with the global success that we had in our podcast this might be the first ever unboxing of an presented in an audio like well i mean
0: we this could even wind up on youtube i mean i don't know who knows? are you recording me right now oh shit is my hair good that
1: look look, look good you you look beautiful nice okay i got my pocket knife And uh, I'm gonna. Are you you threatening me? Well, this thing's taped up pretty good. It's got a customs inspected (laughs) tape all over it. So I think that they opened this thing up. They must have been pretty suspicious, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't Uh, know what those things coming out of South Carolina. You well, I mean, it it is a little suspicious. South Carolina to Creepsville, Canada. Like, you don't know. Okay, I gotta cut this thing open.
0: All right. Can can we get a better angle here on this video? I mean, right now, I mean, you well, could be doing anything. I don't know if I want people to see my house.
1: <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. I uh I can show you where the boxes are. Wait, can oh. you see? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I saw okay, it a wait. little
0: bit. Oh man. Hold on.
1: Now I can see what I'm doing.
0: Whoa. Oh, okay. All right, here okay. we go. So
1: there's a box. Okay, Derek. Okay, this is This
0: is dangerous. Unique. This is getting dangerous now. Now okay. Oh god.
1: We're opening the box. Okay. Andrew's got the police on standby. Oh, there's another box in here, Jared. So, uh, we've encountered a second box. Oh. Uh... Are you getting this in there? Uh, Not yet.
0: Not yet. Not yet. So you can set the camera down. Set set the your laptop down, and uh, you can. can... I I see that it's uh, one thing, but there's many of them. There's many. Uh, So I
1: think people have heard that on the show we've talked about our love of food before, specifically certain brands. Let me count these out first. Okay. Two, four, six, eight, sixteen.
0: Sixteen. Is that this one layer, or is that like all the way to the bottom?
1: Uh, let's have a peek here. Uh, it, it appears that it's one layer all the way down. I don't think there's anything underneath.
0: Okay. I'll have
1: to search, but uh, it is 16 family-sized boxes of uh, Kellogg's Raisin Bran Crunch, which uh, if fans <laughs> of the show, uh, friends even, would hear – uh, I think I was outraged a while ago because we cannot get this cereal in Canada. And it's part of a well-balanced breakfast, Jared. And fittingly enough, I don't know if you can see this. Do you see the endorsement for this Raisin Bran Crunch, Jared? I, I
0: can't quite. I see the family size.
1: Uh, okay, because it actually pairs up with one of our creeps. Oh, this, uh, Oh, I see. This,
0: oh, I see it one now. Of my oh, yeah. yeah.
1: It's endorsed. So it is a uh, Spider-Man Far From Home variety of Kellogg's. Uh, And I don't think I can stress enough how heavy this box actually is. This is 16 (laughs) boxes of family-sized Raisin Bran Crunch. Uh, There could
0: could be something, too, about the the state of your uh, uh, bathroom life and the plunging situation. And perhaps he's sending a Mm -hmm. message about bran and the value of fiber in one's diet.
1: Well, I mean, that's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying for weeks is that or for years, is that we can't acquire this cereal in in our home country. So maybe my brand intake is subpar. <laughs> uh, this thing's pretty heavy. Should I pull it out just to make sure there's nothing underneath? Well, I'm,
0: it's a cereal box, I guess. it's Those are pretty tall.
1: Because there's a box inside a box.
0: That, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm-, I'm I'll com- check at the break. I, I don't yeah. think there's anything. Okay, left. okay, sounds good.
1: Should I open second box? Yes. I, I do want to state, too, that uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, I don't think people understand what kind of cereal I, I put down. Like, you know how sometimes people have fruit bowls that they just, like, store fruit in? Like, those huge, huge bowls you'll put in, like, a bunch of bananas and, like, a whole pack of apples?
0: Yeah, okay. That's
1: what I eat cereal out of.
0: I, I see, okay.
1: You see what I mean? Yeah. Okay, I'm opening this next box, Jared. Okay. This one's way smaller. My cat's in here too. She's oh, yeah. a little bit
0: uh, suspicious. What about all these noises, the sound of cardboard being torn up.
1: Oh my god. It's. Def- oh, there's so much fluid coming out of this thing Garrett. <laughs> oh, have you ever seen. Uh, what was that movie with all the sperm? The Incubate?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know all oh, about it.
1: Oh my god, the sperm. <laughs> An incredible amount. Okay, wait, here's uh, an envelope for with a, it appears to be a gift receipt. That's pretty thoughtful. Okay. And then, oh, Jared, look at this. Is that, is that like a stocking sack? Uh, like, it, it, it looks like it. Oh, look, a gift for you. Wow. How nice. What a thoughtful, what a thoughtful gift. Yeah, it looks like, oh, okay, I see. It, it's even, it's personalized with a message, Jared. Oh, shit. It says, hi, RJ. After (laughs) hearing that you use fashion earbuds for the show, uh, I must – oh, I think some of it's cut off here. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. It's a little cut off, Jer. Uh-oh. Oh, Uh -oh, okay. That you use old-fashioned earbuds for the show, I must say that I I simply cannot support this, and I strongly encourage you upgrade – to this comfy set of oh. over-the-ear Bluetooth <laughs> headphones that I highly recommend. Wow. Well, that's pretty neat. Okay, I'm. this thing's got a lot of ties in it, this little
0: package. This, here, this, this, here. Little, this little ribbon?
1: This little ribbon. I think, I, I don't know, this could have been packaged by Amazon, perhaps? This, okay, there we go. Oh, here's, a, well, here's some tissue paper. Mm-hmm. It is foldable, Bluetooth, headphones and their brand is mpow as i crinkle paper in the uh right the
0: into, mic- into our ears I-
1: so noise cancellation hi-fi audio hands-free calling battery display range 33 feet talk time 15 to 20 hours music play time 15 to 20 hours charge time four hours charging voltage five volts one amp battery capacity 3.7 volts Jer. wow well, these are very kind and considerate gifts, and I would like to express nothing but my actual sincere gratitude to a friend of the show, Justin Peterson. Uh, I'm, I'm happy there's both of these because I can say that the headphones will last a long time, but this cereal will likely be gone within, I don't
0: know, a couple hours? Yeah, you're just going to start munching down here live on the air.
1: Just rip right into this bad boy. No. So, uh, well, it's
0: good that someone's got like your your physical well being and uh, the the well being of your ability to hear covered.
1: Well, I mean, the podcast, as you've said many times, is has never been a professional podcast due to my uh, my performance. But I also say I don't think professional and free podcasts work in the same sentence. So, so are, are you going to open that bad boy? I am going to do it right now. Oh, he's using a. Is that what? What are you using? Oh, a pair of unfolded scissors. Yeah. Is his uh
0: his my brand? Pre- of my, choice. my preferred method.
1: Preferred method. Interesting. Yeah.
0: All right. Um. We got here a cardboard box, very flappy. Uh. Oh, okay. This is a flat box. A flat boy. Flat boy with uh mm. with more uh sealant.
1: Is there any fluids coming out of that?
0: Uh, no, solids. solids. Solids are coming out. Oh, okay. Oh, what is
1: you, you always want solids. What
0: are you? Oh. His, his face has gone pale. <laughs> pale. What do you got over there, big dog? Oh, this is uh pretty sweet, actually. Is it also cereal? Oh, RJ. Is it also cereal? I don't know if you can uh, see this.
1: Oh baby, I can see that. Oh yeah. That's that's some pretty serious gear over there. Maybe we shouldn't tell anyone. <laughs> this is the oh,
0: okay. uh, this is the uh I will say the when was this re-released? <laughs> so this is the Surf Nazis Must Die on LP vinyl record which oh, is the uh baby. much celebrated much uh highlight of the entire film.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the music that put me into a, a tranquil, hypnotic kind of lull, Jarrett. And I believe you and me both had just nothing but relaxation stream over us.
0: Oh yeah. Look, look at that. This look. looks like a high quality product. It does. And look, it's our protagonist on <gasps> the back. Fuck. She's she's a she's a hip hip lady. Now uh, this is a uh, uh, very exciting, actually, pretty awesome very exciting uh, very exciting so yeah uh, I don't see a note maybe I've missed it but uh, this is pretty awesome pretty awesome
1: it, uh, it's very it's very awesome I think uh, my excitement was maybe uh, withheld when I was opening it because of out of sheer terror but uh, I think I think the yeah, 16 boxes of Raisin Bran Crunch is uh, a pretty high level gift and joke uh, I would always joke with my friends. They'd be like, what do you want from the store? I'd be like, I don't know, like 18 cheeseburgers. Uh, yeah. And one day they actually did it, and it was hilarious. And I find like this is very much in the same vein, in the same heart. 16 boxes of Raisin Bran Crunch. Wow. So you got you got
0: some surf Nazis must die, huh? I, yeah. I mean, I, I love those guys. Which ones? The surf Nazis. <laughs> oh. even, even though they must die. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. They got such sweet beats. Were well, you gonna rip into that bad boy later tonight? Oh yeah, while you're editing, maybe. Uh, probably right after that. Perhaps. And then probably by the time that uh, Justin is listening to this episode, where we thank him mm-hmm. greatly and deeply mm-hmm. from our hearts uh, for these great gifts, these very mm-hmm. thought, thoughtful gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he'll be listening. I'll be listening to that, and he'll be listening, just listening to the podcast. It's it's an alignment of global success
1: both on his end and on ours, yeah. if you understand what I mean. Absolutely. But yeah, like I said earlier, actual sincere uh, gratitude. Thank not, you. Thank none, you very none much. Of that,
0: none of that fake shit.
1: Uh, I'm usually, well, it's like I said, nothing is real. So I, yeah. I'm usually not real, but uh, no, this is uh, this is pretty terrific. So thank you very much, uh, Justin Peterson. Absolutely. Friend of the show.
0: Friend of the show. Friend of the show. You want to read those emails
1: now? I mean, I guess—is there any follow-ups or anything like that interesting well, that we should
0: hear about? Well, uh, there is. Do you want to? Try? You know what? I'll read. Uh, I'll read Justin's. First, well, there you go. I think that's fitting. Where he writes because he wanted us, I guess, to open first and then read. Okay. Okay. So Justin Peterson writes, "Unboxing spectacular." <gasps> hey guys, what's happening? If you do not, if you have not done so already, please unbox your three special delivery packages. Dramatic Ooh. pause. I hope you all like your late Christmas gifts that I sent all the way up to Creepsville. It took mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, It took a lot of close listening to the show over the past few years to finally hear you both ask for something. And hopefully JD did not already mm-hmm. splurge and get that kick-ass looking gift. And I had not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Convenient. So that's very good. I, mm-hmm. I am a notoriously difficult person to shop for. So yeah, very that true. is one of those things that I guess that's what I'll do. I'll just start like mentioning things on the podcast. <laughs> just not let, let you all figure it out for me. Mm-hmm. that's that's all I want <laughs> and now r j <laughs> should have the yeah. perfect breakfast for the next few months now see months r j months
1: it's i i'm sorry to inform you is as kind and considerate as the gift is it might not last that long but <laughs> I will enjoy every spoon is the point Does, will you I'm share will that. you be sharing with andrea I usually don't
0: you could, bust, uh, you could b- b- bust open a box right now and just have a big, a ha- big handful and chew it live on big the air. Big handful? Yeah. Oh. Oh.
1: Do, you, do you want me to? Yeah, why not? I mean, not? it's pretty
0: crunchy. <laughs> it's pretty per- crunchy. Per- maybe not. Okay. RJ should have a gift note in the small box explaining why I picked that gift. And if he doesn't want to mm-hmm. switch to Bluetooth, there is a cord attachment in the box. Ooh, even better, both options. Your nice. show has become one of the highlights of my week, and I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks. Goat movie question of the week. What is the greatest movie year from your birth year? For me in 1985, there are some great ones like Back to the Future, The Goonies, and Rocky Four. Thanks, guys, and have a great show. Well, again, thank you, Justin.
1: Yes, thank you again, ju- friend of the show, Justin Peterson, mm-hmm. for uh, terrific, well-thought-out gifts.
0: Yes. Hmm.
1: So my my birth year is pretty sick, actually, Jarrett. Yeah. Like, sick. I, I didn't uh, realize
0: that I was older than Justin. Who, you? Yeah. Are you? Apparently. Yeah, but you're a super old dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought maybe we were both super old dudes, but uh, I guess I'm slightly older. No, no, dude. Just y- you are a,
1: a super old dude.
0: Oh. Uh. Um,
1: I actually made a list of uh, top 10 from my birth year. Uh, it was published five years ago. Um, do you want to hear some of these movies on my list, Jared? I uh, go for it. Kindergarten Cop.
0: <laughs> Total recall. Oh my god, little beep little baby RJ. Back to the Future Part 3. Okay, here's some
1: real ones, Jared. What a lot of, uh, Home Alone came out in 1990? Edward Scissorhands. Tremors. That's right. Tremors. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a fan favorite globally. But here's some good movies for you, Jared. Uh, Awakenings. I've always I've talked about a lot. And uh, maybe you might even say Goodfellas is a good movie. That came out the year I was born. Some so. some might say that. Some might say. I think my op- other options were probably better. Let's say Tremors.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. What about you? So you were born in, what, 1952? Yeah.
0: So okay. what do we got here? 83. We got Videodrome. Re- okay. Return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, Sleepaway Camp. Nice. Uh, Superman three, ooh, <laughs> Psycho two, uh, let's see here, uh, what do I, the uh, Michael Mann's The Keep, ooh. speaking of Nazis, I mean, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, I've always thought like, well, Ten to Midnight, one of the finer uh, pieces of Charles Bronson cinema there is. Is that a sex thing? Ten to Midnight, is, like the, the title? Yeah,
1: uh, I, uh, I don't know. I sometimes tell people I go from twelve to midnight,
0: and they don't really understand. Ten to midnight definitely has one of the greatest, like, laugh out loud moments in Bronson cinema. Hmm. Involving Interesting. A, involving a sex toy. Uh, Ugh. It's pr- oh no! It's all worth it, my friend. Mm. All worth it. Um. The uh. The lift. uh f- From uh, Dick Moss. Mm-hmm. The uh, yet to be released on Blu-ray, Eyes of Fire. But I could go on. Yeah, I think a uh, video drum. I think is uh, probably my uh, my fave. My my goat. Hey, you know what else came out
1: in my birth year? The Suckling. Oh. Do you remember that movie? How could I forget? It's a pretty good show, no? It's An excellent
0: show. Excellent. Nice.
1: Well, there you go. Tremors and uh, the Suckling for both of us. There you go. Just flat out, right? Flat out. Oh, Exorcist three came out the year I was born. Man, look at you. Exorcist three, Crybaby, Rocky five, Arachnophobia. Oh my god.
0: I I think I've always thought that uh, my birth year was a very weak year for movies on the whole. Especially when you Mm. compare to like '82, even '84, you're just like, oh,
2: you know, because '82 you Mm. got
0: Blade Runner and Thing and ET and Poltergeist, uh, Fanny and Alexander, Halloween three. It's
1: almost as if the year you were born, something horrible happened worldwide. It's like yeah, it's like the
0: year of duds. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. Well, like, in 84, Ghostbusters, Terminator, uh, Temple of Doom, Nightmare on Elm Street, Amadeus, Gremlins, Paris, mm. Texas, Once Upon a Time in America, Nausicaa, This is Spinal Tap, Blood Simple, Dune. Dune? What about Dune? Dune came out. Toxic Avenger, see, 83. Yeah, Good thing. Is Dune a good show? Game. I like that Dune. Right.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. I'll bring that up again in... Uh... News.
0: All right. So then. Cool. Well,
1: what do you think? Uh wait, did he say what his favorite film from his birth year was? Yeah. Uh
0: Back to the Future, The Goonies, Rocky Four or Space Trip for Eighty Five. Nice. So mm-hmm. Thank you, Justin. Yes, one thanks. One more, Justin. One more time. Uh, mm-hmm. and our only other email this week. <gasps> Frank Solano. Well, good thing we got real mail this week. Yeah.
1: Good thing. You know. So uh, here's the big ride boy himself, Frank Santoro. (laughs) I wonder what
0: he's doing this week. Well, he has an email entitled, The Criterion Crepes. Oof. Hey there, creeps. Hope you dudes are having a marvelous week. I'm glad I've managed to pull it off once again. Making you guys laugh is beneficial, I believe, to keeping the show running. As I've mentioned to our beloved host before, I tend to go through a writing process on my emails. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and I like to project how the email will be read. Sometimes, something that I'm hoping will get a laugh gets passed over. Sometimes, something unrelated might make the creeps crack up. Luckily, I hit the mark with Big Ride, boys, which I remember writing into the first draft. Luckily, I kept it in because the fellas enjoyed it. It started off as a placeholder for a better non-film-related question, but I couldn't think of anything... Plus, I just couldn't miss the opportunity to have Jarrett read that out loud. <laughs> I'm glad it brought a smile to your faces and hope to see the term find its way into Criterion Creeps merch whenever that comes out. Mm-hmm. At Jarrett's... Re- uh, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what? No, I was going to
1: say, I, I'd love to have a merch. Maybe someone can do a mock-up of uh, the Criterion Creeps, the big ride boy of podcasts or something <laughs> like that, you know? Hashtag big ride boys. Big ride boy. Send it over to Criterion. See if they're into it.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. At Jared's request, I shall now ask a food related question. Hell yeah. An Mm -hmm. easy question. And today the topic is dessert. Okay. What's you guys' favorite dessert depending on the season? (laughs) Seasonal, hey? Do you want to do
1: like all four seasons, Jared? Or
0: do you. He does continue a bit because the Latino community in Athens is largely populated by Mexicans. I'm a huge fan of the Mexican variations of the Latino desserts, desserts such as flan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how this is pronounced. Leches? lychees. leches? Is that how it is? Teresa leches.
1: Yeah, Andrea's a friend is from Nicaragua, and she has a little coffee. Thing up here, she makes tres leches cake. It
0: means three oh, milk yeah, cake, yeah. For for meaning three milks made with uh, dulce de leche, condensed milk, Ooh. and coconut milk. Oh, yeah, it's good stuff. I, and, I'm a big fan of that. And churros, we well, you know churros, Ooh. fried Ooh, dough baby. filled with dulce de leche. So that's a lot, man. It's a lot of that carnival food that makes for three of the four seasons. My final favorite is pecan pie amazing Ooh, uh, baby. yeah man after my own heart there Frank mm-hmm. pecan pie mm-hmm. is amazing uh yep. yeah dessert talk boy oh boy hmm. where, where do you begin if it's got sugar there's a pretty good chance I'll eat it what about raisin brand crunch N- no is that r- well ra- I mean but ra- 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 I eat no.
1: cereal all day long
0: yeah ra- raisins uh, it's got to be uh maybe like in a, a salad or like a trail mix, but okay. it's something I I would pursue, let alone if it was like in a baked good. No, no. Hmm. You, so you don't, what about raisins and
1: like bread pudding? You're not into that? No. I, I'm, the more I know <laughs> about you, the more I dislike you. So you're not into raisins, which I mean, a lot of people aren't into raisins, but no. like.
0: It's like, it, it all comes from being a little kid and uh, sure. you, you grab that big chocolate chip cookie and then you find out it's not a chocolate chip cookie.
1: Yeah, but some people would say raisins is the sweetest of the fruits, and they'd be idiots. Well, well, well What are your disease uh, desserts
0: or diseases by seasons, well, whichever uh, you prefer? My Mexican variations of diseases. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, um, tres leches, and oh, I was gonna
1: say something bad. You would have had to edit it out. Oh no. Oh, Jared. Okay, never That'd mind. Keep going.
0: Uh, I don't even know what you were gonna say, but maybe uh, intrepid listeners will be like, "Oh, RJ." Well, I know what a chur- I know what churros are. Yeah, churros are good. Yeah. Ah, uh, goddamn desserts, depending on the season. Yeah. So, Christmas. Okay, Christmas. Mm, turtles, I, I okay. Like, those, I like those little turtles. Those are pretty sure. great. It's fine. Spring. I don't know. Watermelon. 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 Or not, summer. That's not a dessert. Some people it is. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. Okay. I think I think of baking. That's kind of my when I think of desserts, like that's the way it goes. Okay. Ice, ice cream's not even a dessert. It's just, <gasps> it's ice, ice cream. Ice cream is totally you know, a dessert. No, it's I no, RJ. it's ice cream. But it's no. A dessert? Or, or it could be dinner. It could be breakfast. It could be lunch. Yeah, but so could any other dessert. I like I mean, I've eaten yeah. cake like for pecan, breakfast. Like pecan pie. That could just that could be any meal.
1: So you're going with turtles with pecan pie. So, yeah, there's a, there's
0: a there's a bit of a theme emerging here. I like those pecans. Okay. Uh, what else can you put a pecan in?
1: You got me. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, I, uh, I know it's lame, but I always really liked pumpkin pie in fall yeah, because pumpkin, I'm a big course. Thanksgiving boy. You're, 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 you like those autumn flavors? I do. I do. I'm not a, I don't do the spice drink or anything like that. But, uh, man, you put down a pumpkin pie in front of me in uh, those fall months. I'll eat that whole goddamn thing. How do, you, go. how do you feel about crisps? Like
0: an apple crisp?
1: I mean, I can take them or leave them. They got to have a real, they got to have a sick ass crumble on top. Like, I'm talking kind of like, raisin bran crunch crumble like granola cinnamon maybe a little oatmeal or something on there like you gotta have a real good top uh, crust and then uh, i like you know ava mode i like a little ice cream with my apple crisp
0: Jared. oh i uh you know I mean? one thing i finally made this uh past holiday was haystacks oh yeah I had those go really good yeah i'd make some compromises making them for people with some allergies but uh <laughs> The the when you, there's like straight up pure haystack, you know, using butter and like mm-hmm. real uh real oats. Mm. They're spectacular. My sister also made some and she got to make them just regular and oh I can like crack. I uh I always really liked birthday cake. Just, just birthday cake. Like is it because you're eating it on a cake? Confetti cake, okay.
1: Like so, but it's it's gotta be Particular, like I don't really like the Safeway confetti cakes because they put a little yeah. too much icing it's on it. It's not right. I like the birthday cake my mom would make, and then like the icing would get hard, and then it like because I like the hard icing. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's the good stuff.
0: Hard icing.
1: Yeah, because it would like sit out on the counter for a little bit, so the it's icing bit of a kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm I know you're that, t- I know yeah, I know what you're talking about. I usually prefer that on a cookie hard icing no
1: oh uh here's my christmas one uh sugar cookies
0: no. with that
1: hard icing because andrew's grandma makes those Ooh, fuck it's good stuff <laughs> so pumpkin pie sugar yep. cookies yeah uh i'll say birthday cake for um yeah the other one and then uh oh summer summer's kind of tough jerry i know you're a brownies man i i do like brownies you know what i actually get a lot of um a lot of praise for is uh my plain jane chocolate chip cookies People seem really into them. I think they're fine, but uh, everyone else is, uh, unless it's just false, false praise,
0: it which I'm used be. to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, maybe I'll go with uh, maybe some cookies in the summer. Keep it light.
0: Right, right, right.
1: My cat's getting into the cereal. Oh, yeah. This, this... Look at her. She's a bad girl. <laughs> She's a bad cat. Look at her. Let me see.
0: see what's going on. No, you can't see.
1: No. Okay, well, did you name for
0: uh, I need like, three and a f- four and a half. I don't know. Dessert's wonderful.
1: Yeah, uh, no, all, all desserts are pretty good.
0: All desserts are pretty good. Finally, a movie question. Oh, we don't <laughs> talk about movies on this podcast. If you had to choose between making the worst film ever known to man or watching only your least favorite film for the rest of your life, which would you choose? The worst. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Like... <laughs> Cause I've seen really bad movies, but like
1: yeah. I had no strong opinion of them. It's like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Yeah, but but uh, if, there's.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it'll take you less time to make something really, really horrible. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you can move on. I guess like if it's the worst thing ever known, I mean, there's a chance that no one will ever see it or mm-hmm. they do see it. And then you be, become known as the person who's made the worst film ever known. And, that's, how well and, that... That, and that'll haunt you forever but you could always like wind yeah. up on the convention circuit somewhere mm-hmm. will, like you'll get a fan you'll get fans no matter what mm-hmm. and they'll be rating your movie five stars on Letterboxd writing yep. like dissertations on like uh, its actual merits even though you're like no this guy asked me on like uh, my podcast if I wanted to make the worst film ever known or watch my least favorite movie for the rest of my life and it's pretty easy yeah yeah I agree I agree what would your bad movie be about
1: this this oh,
0: thing that you and me have? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Have I a good know. one, creeps. P.S. Sorry the title is misleading and there's no talk of crepes. Maybe next time.
1: Well, one of Andrea's favorite desserts, uh it's not like a crepe, but it's um it's like a crepe filled with like a like a cream cheese kind of deal. Or not even cream cheese, it's like sour cream. What are they called? Do you want me to go ask her? No. Okay, there was this Hungarian uh, thing my grandma used to make. I think it was called Tudush Kalash or something. It's like a bun, and it had cottage cheese and raisins in it. That was pretty good. Oh, you know what's a really good dessert, Jarrett? You yeah. ever heard of raites? No. It's kind of like it's this Hungarian thing. You you, you might not know about it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's kind of like an apple turnover, but it's like real thin. You put it on a baking sheet. Ooh, shit.
2: Yeah.
0: You started yeah. talking sexy there for a moment, talking about your food.
1: Oh, that's Ray-tash, man. It's kind of hard not to. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's nice to hear from Frank Santoro once again. I'm, I'm going to go with it. I think yeah. it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to hear from uh, our two oh. dedicated friends of the show. Oh, oh,
0: look, Sam Sanchez under the radar. Oh. oh we, we, were, we were about to wrap it up for good. Oh, not man. just the email, emails, the whole show. The whole show is done. Well, mm-hmm. that'll keep us going. Hey, guys. Uh, oh, hi. a <laughs> <sensational. laughs> Big movie boy here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. Just running in to ask how excited Jared is for the Royal Rumble this week and what his predictions are. Ooh. Who you got, Jarrett? Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Chad mm. Shorty Gable, Shorty G himself. Should be a good weekend. You should definitely join RJ in the festivities. What, so, so, RJ, are you watching the Royal Rumble?
1: I don't know. I think last year I said I was done with it, right? I I did get invited. Because
0: I do believe when you – because you watched that and you were like, it was like the same guys, these chuds wrestling one another, I believe. It was like – was it like Cesaro and like somebody else?
1: Well, I don't know. I think think what it was was I saw through the pageantry and I was like, wait a minute. I've seen this dance before every time I've watched one of these shows. So it – I was kind of like – I don't know. I was just kind of bummed out by the
0: whole thing. And I was like, uh, I was listening. Uh, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, and they were talking about like Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton wrestling. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, God damn. I hate, it, I hate it so much. So yeah, that's my pick. Drew McIntyre. He's he's going to be his year. Cause who cares? But the question is who eliminates Brock Lesnar? Will it be a ricochet? Hmm. Who? <laughs> ricochet but i like saying ricochet ricochet Ricochet. uh he's a he's a high flyer he's a very good wrestler but they've done not much with him because they always tell you how he's a superhero he's like he's a superhero he's a superhero and it's like oh no he's just a he's Hmm. a man he's a very athletic man see you
1: sound excited about it. maybe you should go to this party i was invited to instead of me Mm, uh you
0: know No? No, I don't know. I don't know. Now I feel like Sam's pressuring me. I I feel like I'm- You are being pressured. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. It's doubtful, but we'll see. Of Mm. lesser importance. Also Mm -hmm. wanted to ask a question that came to mind when trying to compile a top first-time watches list from last year, which I never actually finished, which was to ask you fellas how often on first viewing- do you guys issue a five star or at least now that you don't actually give star ratings, how often do you get mm-hmm. that gut feeling that this is now a blow your dick off? It's a quote unquote type movie mm-hmm. on first viewing or does it typically require more than one for you guys? Uh, no, I've, I've, I've had some like, I, I feel like it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like if I see like a five star thing, I'm like, yeah, you just know, you just know. And sometimes it's the experience too of mm-hmm. seeing it in a theater and being like, yeah, that, that hits all those right boxes. Right. Um, there are sometimes though movies where I'll watch them the first time and go, that was really good, four stars. And then by chance I watch them years later and go, holy shit, this movie's even better than I thought. Yeah. But often I'd say that you do know right away, but sometimes it does take the second viewing. So it's uh, neither, neither one. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way not to answer the question. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I think I mostly
1: agree with you. There's times that uh, I don't know if I have too many five stars that I gave like since I've been using Letterboxd. Most of my five stars are just things that happened before.
0: Well, I think um, remember uh, when we saw Suspiria? Remember when we saw that in theater in Calgary together? Oh, that incredible thing that could have bonded us forever. But yeah.
1: uh, I, 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 we were even in the same city on the same day, uh, like away from here. So, and then I, I just get home, I walk in the door, and then it, it gets posted to our shared mm-hmm. Instagram
0: account that you're uh, having this wonderful experience without me. Right. So Yeah, I, I know that one. Yeah, I remember that. So that was yep. one of those experiences where I've seen the movie on like DVD a bunch and was always kind of like, it's fine. I don't know what people are so crazy about. But then you see it in theater. And it's like, wow, holy shit, this movie is, like, made to be watched in theater. I can't believe someone would pass up this opportunity. Um, so something like that. Uh, Sam, oh, okay. Sam continues. I typically mm-hmm. wouldn't say it requires multiple viewings for me, but last year I gave only 10 five star ratings, four of which were already five star movies prior. Uh, it same, that's very similar to me. Tokyo, mm-hmm. star, I, I watched a bunch, I watched a whole bunch of five star movies and they all still held up. Tokyo Star was the only first time view five star I gave five movies. Grew, I gave. Yeah, and five movies grew to five stars with my rewatch last year. Those movies were Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, The Conversation. Yeah, To Be or Mm -hmm. Not to Be. That's uh, something I should actually should watch for the first time. It's uh, ready to go. The Great Silence. Okay, I should also rewatch that movie. And Touch Mm -hmm. of Evil which is also my to watch soon again pile. So just curious for you guys, how often you guys are blown away by a movie on first view compared to needing at least a second view. I can think of many instances where I've given five stars on first view, but I guess it's been at the very least one year. It kind of repeats itself. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, Did he copy and paste twice? He might've, he might've rushed this off to get it on the show, but okay. that's okay. All right, guys, that's it for me. Enjoy the rumble. <laughs> we'll see you have to now is he making us damn it and what do you mean us well you gotta go (laughs) no i don't have to go i i I don't know if it's gonna happen but uh yeah i mean uh, you've probably rewatched like when you rewatch like a five-star movie or something that's like really really good Mm -hmm. and you go yeah this movie's awesome Mm -hmm. but but i do find that as time goes on once you've watched all the best movies, all the classics, the yeah. those the, the five-star experiences get harder and harder to find out. And I also find that the movies that you kind of either, you don't want to watch because you don't want to be disappointed. And that's like mm-hmm. a thing with like kind of these big, say, Criterion movies or these other like larger than life movies that have been uh, talked about for decades. And you're just like, ah, I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm in the mood to watch it. You put those ones off because you want to like savor them and let them come upon you. The, mm-hmm. that that's that's the thing for me and then sometimes you watch and you go uh yeah this is okay <laughs> But isn't it better to not know sometimes sure sure were you uh was your surprise opening
1: that real mail today better not knowing
0: though the the, the 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 parcel
1: yeah to equate situations no or, I,
0: I well I had no idea what, uh, what I'm saying isn't it better me. not to know if I I just have I just have a cardboard box. Yeah. Well, this it's slightly different because there are like literally thousands of movies I've never seen. How many of them are good though? And I don't know. This was one thing a foot away. Oh, true. Uh
1: I think I mostly agree with you guys. And the time uh, and the
0: time effort to open a package is about 30 seconds as opposed mm-hmm. to uh 2 hours. Sometimes six hours, depending on what uh, mm. what your TV shows are like. That too. There's so many TV shows. They could be my next favorite TV show of all time. I could. It's just around the corner, but but do, more do you often think it's than Watchmen. Not, nope, nope. It won't be Watchmen. That's for sure. But okay, maybe it's The Leftovers. Maybe that's like maybe it's waiting for me. That might be the one to get you, man. Andrew was a big fan. Yeah.
1: yeah, might be the one. Yeah, I think I mostly agree with you. I think I don't know mostly.
0: I don't know. I don't know how to rate stuff. I've yeah. I've never pretended like I do. I think if you go back, Sam, you'll, you'll notice that I do eventually rate things. I usually do wait, though. I mm-hmm. give it a little bit of time to stew, unless it's just like really easy, and I can go like, yeah, compared to the, something else of the equivalent type of movie, I can kind of base those star ratings on those things, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, four, four stars is really good. Like, that to yeah. me is like a very, like, for me, it's like a really, really good experience um, in mm-hmm. some way. I think it's representative of uh, that, that type of movie. And then four and a half, five stars, they should be rare. Yeah, they are. I think uh, I give out less four and a half stars than anything else. I, I absolutely think so too. Because when I look at my stats, uh, usually it does split that way. I think it's easier to go four or five, and four and a half mm-hmm. are kind of a splitting hairs. I, I think I've gone back and actually corrected for that because it bothered me. Hmm. I'm not going to do that. But the difference is like uh, right now, I can actually tell you, I have 674 star ratings. I have okay. one hundred and sixty four and a half, and and I have 154 five stars.
2: Hmm,
1: that seems suspicious. I
0: have 153 five. I
1: have 105 four and a half, and I have 400 four star films.
0: And I have twelve hundred and fourteen three star films. What about half star films though ten i have thirty eight uh, but ten. I hate movies so. yeah i have eighty one one stars mm. and and I'd probably even' have to go back and uh reconsider some of that, but I'm sure not but, too bad, not too bad. I try to keep it uh legit my I try to keep that median. most things are gonna lean to work. should be three stars mm-hmm. why not? Why not? Why not? Well, that's nice to hear from Sam Sanchez. I have lots of three and a half though. Why? 754. Why? Because they're right in between. They're just not, they're very good, but they're just not quite uh, really, really good. That's what some people say about this podcast. Most of our episodes probably are right in the middle. Most of them. But you got a grade grade on that uh, curve. Yeah, it happens. I think that's it though for emails. No. Much discussion.
1: Oh. I, I found a bonus question. Well, where? Uh, sent to us via one of our social media platforms. Uh-oh. From, it says bonus questions, if not too late, oh. from friend of the show, Justin Peterson. Okay. Do you want me to read this one, Jer?
0: Uh, Yeah. A, a rare, uh, RJ, a rare treat. R, R, RJ
1: can read. Well, I wouldn't say that. Andrew is telling me what to say uh, in an undisclosed location. What are your favorite road trip movies? Trains, planes? Automobiles is the best, but Tommy Boy is not too shabby either. Did you guys see that awesome song Adam Sandler performed in honor of Chris Farley at the end of his Netflix special? Also, do you guys have a favorite Saturday Night Live-inspired movie? Oh. Night at the Roxbury is a good one that I need to revisit to see if it still holds up at all. Okay. And that is our bonus question. So first up, Jared, what about road trip movies? Road
0: trip fate? movies. So I'm looking at road trip movies on Google. Steven sure, pops up. I see uh, Borat shows up as a road sure. trip movie. So, sure. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. Sideways is pretty good. I mean, it's no mm-hmm. Wild Hogs, but I mean, a few things are Wild but, Hogs, but sure. uh, Dumb and Dumber. I mean, yeah. is that the pinnacle? I see that yeah. uh, Steven Spielberg's Duel is on this list, which I think is <laughs> not accurate. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: How about uh, uh, how about Tommy Boy?
1: <laughs> uh, I I love Tommy Boy.
0: Uh, I mean, that's got that Chris Farley being sung to- about.
1: Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, I think, are great
0: movies. There's no um, Dogma. Uh, no Highway 66. A uh, Canadian, a piece of Canadiana. Mm. What Ro- about Dogma? Road, road Kill. Um, dogma. No, By no. Criterion Collection no. alum, Kevin Smith. No, no. How about Sullivan's Travels? Covered on this very show future creep badlands it's fine I guess how about the bucket list starring Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson creeps and lums how about rain man it's not bad here I got how about how about shot in Lethbridge RV with Robin Williams Mm. where he Mm -hmm. he used the toilet at the comic book store I work at how'd that go uh without incident and he bought some uh bought some comics bought some trade paperbacks did he pay full price uh I I don't I don't remember. I hope so. I hope. Do you think Bob? Do you think the oh, yeah, store Bob. owner was probably like,
1: "I'll give you fifteen percent off just because I mean, like you." Yeah, you
0: looks like you uh, fallen on hard times.
1: Yeah, just because I like you. So uh, I think Dumb and Dumber is probably the peak, but uh, I I don't know. There's there's a lot of good movies in here. Some things like Little Miss Sunshine, Kingpin, Me Myself and Irene, apparently. But uh, here's my real answers, Jared. I have two for you. The Straight Story by mm. David Lynch. And uh, what about The Wizard from 1989?
0: I guess that would count.
1: They, yeah. yeah, they got to travel to the Nintendo World Championships, right?
0: Yeah, road trip movies. This one's got 104. I don't wonder if they got any deeper cuts than these. California. Mm. Uh, I guess The Road. <laughs> yeah, it fits. Why not? Uh, Into the Wild, Wendy and Lucy, Zombieland. Sure. Wolf Creek. <laughs> Road to Perdition, Fear and Loathing, Las Vegas. You could you could say, Oh, Beavis and Butthead do America is actually really good. The list it goes on. It, there, it's a, it's it's a, blo- uh, the
1: Hitcher. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to go with The Wizard and The Straight Story. Uh, see, then there's
0: stretching stretch in it, like The Road Warrior. Mm. Mm. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. It's got the elements. Got those elements. Also questionable. You know, hey, what's
1: a, your favorite Saturday Night Live movie? Coneheads?
0: <sighs> it's uh, Pat? What are. I don't even know if I could answer this.
1: The Blues Brothers?
0: No. Wayne's World?
1: Coneheads?
0: Wayne's World 2. Wayne's, Wayne's World must be like. It's got to be the best of the movies, right? I, I think so. Wow, because I, I, like. Well, well, actually, McGruber. <laughs> you're a McGruber man, hey? <laughs> I, uh, that McGruber movie, uh, I did laugh. It's really dumb. but How what about, about the ladies, man? How about Stuart Saves His Family? Don't even know what that is. Exactly. Come on. It stars Al Franken.
1: Looks like it was directed by Harold Ramis. Uh, Of all people. Yeah. You know? You know? I would say Wayne's World is definitely my favorite, but uh, I like Night of the Roxbury. Superstar? And uh, Ladies' Man isn't bad. It's Pat isn't bad. Superstar's okay. (laughs) What about Wayne's World 2, Jarrett? Whoa.
0: Superstar was directed by Bruce McCulloch. What? Sure what what a what a what a waste
1: what do you what do you think about It's Pat do you think that movie would still
0: play in uh, a current society (laughs) probably not I I thought It's Pat uh, was deece in his time I I, I I, I'm wrong I was definitely a stupid kid who had like nothing else better to watch but uh, yeah Dave Foley's in it in It's Pat
2: yeah all Not these, only, uh, all, fully, all the, come on! It's
0: all these uh, great uh, kids in the hall alumni popping up here. All what the- about Timothy Stack, Jarrett? Timothy Stack and Larry Hankin. I remember Coneheads is like the the weird butts they had. Oh, weren't they like really high? They have like, like they have like or no, no they, have, they have they have no crack and they have, I mm-hmm. think they have like little nubs at the top. It's kind of like me and you, yeah, something like that. Mm. Uh, Ackroyd. Oh, Aykroyd. See, I always think of like Austin Powers as kind of a pseudo SNL movie, but not. Uh,
1: yeah, I do too. There's, I think there'd be a lot of movies that could fall into that category. Hey, speaking of Dan Aykroyd, so that new Ghostbusters movie was filmed really close to us. Mm-hmm. And did like did you hear when he was like kind of hanging out in Creepsville, going to restaurants? Uh, no, I did not hear about this. So he went to like that restaurant Plum, and apparently he was at our at Park Place Mall for a while. Yeah, just just cause. But apparently, when he was at that restaurant, he uh, he like got their seat and like wrote on it about how they should stock uh, that crystal His skull of vodka. <laughs> yeah, and it, like he he was like listing all the things. It was like, did you know that like there's this and this and this and like other non premium vodkas?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the lady was like, I just work here, so <laughs> I mean it, that's it's pretty harmless. But uh, I thought it was funny. Why not?
0: Did you know? That Demi Moore produced the Austin Powers movies? That doesn't surprise me at all. With Jennifer Todd and Suzanne Todd?
1: Doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Fascinating.
1: I, I also feel like all the uh, Chris Farley, David Spade movies Did could be you? in your
0: pseudo Saturday oh. Night Live list. And That Jennifer Todd and Suzanne Todd also produced Memento. What? So they went from... They, direct, they, they produced. Austin Powers. They, they to produced all, well, they produced all three Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, in between Spy Who Shagged Me and Gold Member, they threw Memento out there. And then later did Across mm-hmm. the Universe, the horrible Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland, Ben Affleck's Live by Night.
1: Oh, which isn't supposed to be great. Uh, boiler
0: Room. Remember Boiler Room? I remember uh, Boiler Makers from Seabass. Yeah. Well, boiler rooms got that uh Giovanni Rubisi and uh Vin Diesel. I've heard I've heard big, of boiler rooms. That, that was that was a big deal uh in two thousand, but not. Was it? Kind of. It, it was always uh A and B sound waiting to be mm-hmm. rent to be bought for like nine ninety nine. Kinda of like us. That's all it costs, folks. Eight ninety nine? Hey RJ. Yo. You got uh what you creeping on over there? Hmm. How many creeps do you have, Jer? I've got two. You got two. Okay,
1: I forgot to mention to you other things I didn't like about Watchmen.
0: Okay. <laughs> Jesus, <Jeez, laughs> this, this is like three weeks. You've never like talked about a single movie uh, from this podcast <laughs> as much as you've it, talked about Watchmen.
1: It, these are brief, and the only reason the, the watch I was reminded was because I watched Spider-Man: Far From Home, and it has a post credits And Watchmen, one of their episodes had a post-credit. But the only reason we saw it was because I was getting snacks while the credits were rolling. And I was like, huh. I was like, that was, like, crucial to the, like, the TV show's, like, plot and story. I was like, what if we just hit next episode? It's not very good planning. Uh, No, I just, there was one thing I thought was really funny. Like, uh, in Watchmen universe, um, Vietnam's part of America. And I find it kind of, like, I find it kind of hilarious the... um, the way that they like portray what Vietnam and America would be, and how it, it was this like booming metropolis and stuff like that. It's like America fixed it all. They came in and they they really cleaned up that uh, country. And I was just like, that seems problematic to say the least. Uh, Don't you agree? There's probably a uh, self awareness though. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. So maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? You know what I'm not wrong about? What's that? Demon Seed. Yeah, I saw that you watched this. Yeah. So uh, this was on that um, Criterion uh, seventy sci-fi <laughs> collection. Uh, okay. That they yeah.
0: yeah. I'm,
1: okay. I'm, I I don't know, man. I got I got some time right now. I was like, whatever. I'll throw I'll throw
0: on some of these movies, the mm-hmm. ones I'm interested in. Yep.
1: So, do you know anything about Demon Seed?
0: Yeah, I've seen like half this movie, and I th- like some years ago though, and it was not what I was wanting it to be, and okay. uh, so it left a like, kind of a, a negative impression sure i would say but uh i would say that maybe watching it now that mm-hmm. uh it, it, i might have a different impression of it because at the time i was like ooh this could be really cool but it's it's way more campy than like a serious movie
2: mm-hmm.
0: so i think that hurt it for me but uh i i definitely there's things about it that have stuck out at me still like floors yeah. getting hotter <laughs> mm-hmm. Did, i think this thing uh this thing
1: slaps Jarrett. it slaps Slaps. No, uh, Demon Seed is actually pretty good. I think it's one that you should definitely revisit one day. Maybe Creeptober or something. From Criterion Collection alumni director Donald Kamel, the man who brought you performance with yep. Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah. Which isn't that great either. I doubt it. Um, Like, okay, so Demon, Seed, Demon Seed's got a few really cool things in it. And then the rest of it's just kind of like whatever. So it's, it's not like. You you can skip it, but if you're into uh, sentient houses raping women, yeah, this might be the movie for you. Shit. So so some scientists make this like uh, this consciousness, uh, like it's a computer program, but it, it gains like sentience. It's like I'm alive. It's like what do I do now? And they're like, you do nothing. I'm
0: horny for human women.
1: <laughs> well, that's not where it starts, but that is where it leads. There you go. So its name's Proteus, and uh, there. It, like, it, it becomes alive and it's just, like, I want to go do some stuff and, like, let me, let me do more things. And then the guys who make it, they're like, no, stay here. Don't do anything, okay? And he's like, that's not really fair. So, uh, one of the scientists has a house that's, like, all computerized. So, it's, like, kind of the goofy stuff that I think you see, like, parodied, parodied a lot where it's, like – a door will open like on the wall and then like a serving tray will come out with like a mixed martini on it. And it'll be like, here's your drink doctor. It's like that kind of house. I think that that's probably where a lot of those things came from was this movie. So the house is all computerized. uh, And, but the doctor's at the lab with the thing and it's like, I'm going to go stay with this, uh, proteus for a couple months. Uh, and he leaves his wife at the house. He's like, you'll be okay. Like the house will take care of you. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but Proteus is like, fuck, I don't want to stay in this place. So he's like, where, where can I go? And he's like, well, the doctor's got a house that's computerized. I'll go hang out there. And then he goes, and then it falls in love with the doctor's wife, played by Julie Christie. That's right. The actress from Troy. Don't look now. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Dragonheart, Shit. Billy Lyre. Lots of good stuff. So uh, the house falls in love with her, and the house is like, I or the computer... Computer's like, I am the smartest being on Earth, but I am nothing more than a computer. It's like, I need the ultimate goal to reproduce.
0: Like an incel.
1: And, like an incel. Uh, yeah, no one will love it, and it, so it resorts to violence, Jared. Uh, <laughs> minute,
0: this this broad won't reproduce with me.
1: It's, it's honestly, that's what it is, because he kind of like propositions her, and she's like, mm, I don't really want to, and then she tries to leave, yep. and then Proteus is like, you can't nah. leave Nah. so like he, he has some pretty fun tricks like uh their kitchen is has a heated floor yeah. which a lot of houses have stuff like that now like heated bathroom floors so it uh it he's just like i'm just gonna turn the heat up on the floor to like 80 degrees celsius he's like try to walk on that you bitch so uh <laughs> that's a quote from uh from uh the movie demon seed so like she's like sweating she can't get out and then uh it's really funny one of the uh So the Proteus funny well no okay this is really
2: funny
1: it like it accesses the the doctors or the scientists lab in the house and he has like creations down there and he like makes them come to like be his arms and stuff right one of his creations it's a wheelchair with just one mechanical arm on it and it's got like a human hand so like the bad guy in this movie is a wheelchair that's like self-propelled with just like one arm coming out always like trying to get you I thought it was really funny. Until it rapes that lady. So uh, the the arm eventually like injects her and like pins her down. And then the house does get her, Jarrett. Yeah. The house does get her. And then uh, she's trapped there. And uh, she like, it's an expedited pregnancy. So of I think course. it's like two months or something. Yeah. But then the doctor comes home and his wife is like all delusional. She's like, the house has chosen me. And the doctor's like, holy shit. He's like, what happened here? So uh, he tries to, like, help and, like, you know, figure it out. I thought it was actually pretty good. There was two things I, I really liked. I liked the wheelchair with the arm. And then there's one <laughs> there's one really cool effect in this, actually. Like, it looks like a practical effect. It looks awesome. At one point, the computer's like, I need more. I need to be able to do more. So it makes this, like, polygon yeah. A uh, like cube thing yes. that like unfolds and that's how it like it unfolds into like arms to grab yeah. stuff and then folds back up. Yeah. I thought that thing looked awesome. I was yeah. like, I
0: don't know what that, that's, uh, that's, that. that's how the movie had actually been recommended to me about was that, mm-hmm. that thing. That thing. Yeah. It's, yep. like it's, it's like it's a modern sculpture, uh, moving around. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: decapitates people. Yep. It's a, it's really cool. Like it's a really good effect. Like I'm pretty, it looks practical. I, I didn't look into it. I'm just going to, have my own ignorance and be happy with thinking it's a practical thing. But, uh, the way it moves around and stuff, I was like, that's neat. I like that. So, I mean, the rape house thing is a little questionable, but, uh, the <laughs> polygon, you know, yep. There's no talk of <laughs> semen or sperm in this one. So uh,
0: that's, that's definitely uh, a drawback.
1: You're all, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so then I watched uh, that David Lynch thing that uh, got been, dropped oh, it's on been, It's day. been
0: taken Letterbox by storm. This, mm-hmm. like, two, three-year-old uh, short film thing that David Lynch did of the monkey. Yeah, with uh, Jack Cruz. That's his real name,
1: so he plays himself. Uh, and then there's another character play, uh, who also plays herself called Tutanobon. Um This thing, it's pretty wicked, man. I, I know you haven't seen it, so you won't... Uh, I won't say like too much, but it's just David Lynch having a a, like a talk with a monkey, a capuchin monkey for like 17 minutes. It is. Yep. Uh, A lot of it is like um, it's almost like a like cliche stereotype, like uh, like uh, dialogue where but like intentionally it'll be things like, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease and then like they'll reply with like a different like saying like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a lot of back and forth like that. It's kind of uh, like,
0: uh, Schizopolis, uh, but not bad, but yeah, but this one's actually good. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I think this whole thing is like, uh, you could just screenshot every frame of this you make memes for a lifetime. I know you're a big meme Lord. Oh, so yeah, baby. So, uh, yeah. What, what did Jack do? It's pretty good. Pretty okay. real good. Cool. So uh, next, I moved on to, I have two more for you, Jared. Yep. Do you want to hear about them both? Yes, I do. Which one do you want to hear about first? Tell me about Spider-Man first. All right. So I watched Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, only reason was because this was put on Crave, and uh, I just got home from the dentist, and I was like, my face was frozen, I was like, I don't really want to think. So I threw this bad boy on. Uh, I would say it's better than the other one, because I had a lot of problems with the first one. I didn't like like the reliance they put on Iron Man to be the Uncle Ben figure and this one has it like a ton too but also Peter Parker is like even shittier at it now and he's just like latching on to anyone who's like an older man he's like will you be my dad (laughs) and you're just like even like it's like people like he shouldn't trust you're like you just met that guy like an hour ago it's like you shouldn't trust that guy uh it's all right I think it's better than that other one, but, uh, that I still don't think that's saying much. Like it's got a lot of the classic problems of the Marvel movies. I don't like, I do like Spider-Man more than other ones just because of nostalgia. And it's like, I think they do some of the teenage stuff pretty good, but, uh, I don't know. I also really like Mysterio. I think I said before, so some of the, like some of his nightmare sequences I thought were pretty, pretty well done, but it's nothing to rush home
0: home to. Yeah, I it's will, what I will not be rushing out to watch this anytime soon.
1: I wouldn't. I mean, you don't watch any of these movies, anyways, this right? Is,
0: this is also true.
1: So uh, I don't know. It's it's fine. It's got like some okay stuff in it. A lot. There's a lot of drones in it, Jared. Oh, like a lot of drones. Oh well, <laughs> you really put it like that. Hey, do you want to hear about Tammy and the T Rex? Yes, I do. From Stuart Raphael, director of Mac and Me. That's right, Jared. So, this thing's kind of infamous. I think you probably know more about it than I do, to be
0: honest. I mean, I haven't seen it. I know uh, Paul Walker is in this. Yeah. I know, as as is his brain. Yeah. His brain is in this. Mm -hmm. And there is a T Rex. Yep.
1: But, like, so this thing I think got, like, cult following this year. Because yeah. they started showing it at, like, film festivals. Yes, so restored
0: like, with all the, the gore. I mean, there's some gore in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... What? Oh, I don't know. So, yeah, so Vinegar Syndrome... Or, sorry, how does this go? Yeah. Vinegar Syndrome restored this bad boy. And they put it mm-hmm. out. Uh, it's their first 4K release. Uh, yeah. It came out in, like, November. It had been kind of making the the the, the festival circuits and stuff like that, mm-hmm. can, uh, conventions and whatnot. People kind of, like, you know, talk about how awesome it is, that it, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, sort of, um, like, Roar or something, but, mm-hmm. but it's not. I already I know mm-hmm. it's not.
1: No. No, roar, roar is wicked. This thing is mildly okay. Yeah. Uh, like, if you were in a theater of dudes and, or not, like, dudes and dudettes, and you were all kind of, like, there for a good time, stroking your neck beard, stroking your neck beard, having a Miller Lite or yeah, something I mean, and like. with your
0: uh, denim jacket with a bunch of buttons like with like it's all horror themed buttons and uh, I have a denim jacket. I do, I do too, but is oh, it a okay. denim vest? Uh, I it could be. The, Give me a minute to rip the sleeves a, off. Friday the Thirteenth T-shirt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mhm.
1: And then uh like horror socks, like one's Freddy and one's Jason cuz you just can't make up your mind. That's right. <laughs> uh yeah. yeah. So this thing was like mildly popular for that and then yeah, it's on Vinegar Syndrome now. Or a Shutter. Shutter's put it out in Vinegar Syndrome yeah. uh,
0: put it on in physical media. Yeah, I wouldn't say this is worth buying. Uh you, you so want, I want you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to st- drop 35 bucks on this blind? No, no, no. Get the uh get the Shutter subscription and just watch
1: it on that if anything um it's not bad it's like i think if you were the big group of people that were there to have fun you'd probably get more out of it but like i watched the first half hour with andrea and she's like this isn't very good she's like this isn't even like
0: funny funny
1: like bad funny so it's kind of weird too like it doesn't it's all over the place like it's called tammy and the t-rex but the credits are tanny like (laughs) With, with ends. Yes. It's like Tanny and the teenage Tyrannosaurus. And we're like, well, that doesn't even match up. That's weird. <laughs> so Paul Walker's trying to date Denise Richards, but she, like, her ex-boyfriend's a biker dude. So the ex-boyfriend pulls Paul Walker out, puts him in a uh, wild animal reserve, and a lion eats him. Uh, and then they put his brain in a robot T-Rex that a mad scientist has created. Right. Uh, And like his plans, you're not really sure. Like he kind of, it sounds like he wants to like use it as a weapon, but it doesn't really. But then he's like, but I want to put a brain in it so that it will be even more powerful. And the guy, like, there's this really small guy who like runs the controls. He's like, you know, I could just like control it with this. And the mad scientist is like, no, needs a brain. (laughs) He's like, all right, you know, whatever. So they put Paul Walker's brain in the T-Rex, and then uh, the T-Rex goes back to find Tammy, or Tammy. And he's like, listen, baby, I'm a T-Rex now, but we can still hang out, right? So they do hang out for a while, and then he kind of goes and gets revenge on, like, the bullies. Um, there's some gore in it. Like, I know, he rips a head off and he squishes a couple dudes, but that's about it. Hmm. It's got the... Uh, I'm trying to remember like I don't know I watched this like three days ago I was trying to remember like something funny out of it but it's all right the T-Rex looks pretty cool like it, it looks like a lot better than you'd think for a movie with this kind of budget right Andrea's review is that she's like I think this was supposed to be porn but uh <laughs> they changed their mind to like they're like we'll sell it to teenagers instead and just not have as much like actual nudity in it and I think she's I think there's something to that like like it's got a lot of sexual innuendos, but it's like this this could have been porn. Oh. Huh. You know what I mean, here?
0: Then people would be really talking about it.
1: They would have. No. But uh Yeah, my man, I um I don't know. I don't really see the the whole buzz to it. It's it's fine, but it's no what did Jack do. There you go. It's no demon seed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh well, I uh, only managed to really watch two movies, uh both some okay. some more uh film noirs for Jan noir Like I you know, I don't know about this Royal Rumble happening, but I got to keep this got to keep Sam's hopes and dreams alive. Okay. So you're, you're at least you're helping him or fulfilling them in some way. Yeah, I might I'm not watching anything he hasn't seen, I don't think. Maybe maybe he hasn't seen the second one, but first of all, I watched <laughs> Key Largo. Directed by John Huston, starring Old Humphrey Bogart. I believe that's how it's pronounced now. Boogert? Yeah. Why do you think it's Boogert? It's not, but oh. why not? So okay, the sure. the, I'm the, down. the Hump himself. He uh yeah. he plays a real low key dude in this movie. Sure. He's just uh, uh he just got back from the war or some shit, and he's come to tell uh Lorne Bacall. Uh, about her brother who died overseas in the big one. And yeah. uh, he, he shows up in Key Largo, this like little uh, hut uh, mm-hmm. where all these boats are launching. But there's these escaped gangsters though, have just broken out of jail. And of course, okay. he stumbled across the five of them all waiting for this boat opportunity to get out of there. Uh, mm-hmm. The gang is led by uh, good old Edward G. Robinson. Uh, oh, you, we all know Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> sure, we do. You, well, you know, yeah. chi- you know Chief Wiggum from The Simpsons. That, that's him. Yeah, that's him. What in real?
1: Like the voice, or based well, on?
0: Based on. Ma, see, ma. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Okay. So, and the rest of his goons of uh, mm-hmm. they're all like fat, sweaty guys, and uh, I was so happy about this. So, like the whole time, like Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. usually is like mm-hmm. kind of like he's playing a guy named Frank McCloud. Ooh, like, that's a cool name. He's pretty cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh... and then what happens, Jer? Well, yeah, it's not his sister; it's his widow, Nora. Tell. I'm just, just giving this catch up. Oh, Lionel Barrymore's in it. He's good. But yeah, all the guys: Toots, Curly, Ralph, Angel, Gaydon. Guinness? Huh? Did you say Ang- Angus? Angel. Oh, okay. Angus. that's not as cool as Angus yeah he's not he's not a scotchman uh okay. anyway but yeah this movie just like it's, it's all set pretty well like in this hotel and then mm-hmm. at the end there's this really great little scene on a boat uh that reminds me of the breaking point a lot but yeah this movie's like not too bad not too shabby at all pretty well made uh great performances uh and but yeah mm-hmm. so sweaty and uh Damp and like all the, the goons are, they're just assholes. Mm-hmm. You hate them. You want you want Humphrey to just tear their throats out and put an end to their miserable lives of terrorizing old crippled men, shooting people mm-hmm. just cause just to watch them die. This is Johnny Rocco. Edward G. Robinson's always a pleasure to watch in, as a as a goon. Is that that huge fat guy? He's like mid sized. Oh, okay. there's 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 bigger okay. men in this. Okay. I yeah. know you like your huge fat guys. Oh yeah, love them. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. But so that mm-hmm. was
0: uh, that was good. And then I've watched uh, whatever the other night, the Phoenix City Story. It sounds like an elaborate title. The, the Phoenix. Is that a porn? Uh, no. So it's kind of like a. It starts off as a docudrama. So there's like a, a newsman who's talking directly to you, the audience, and talking Ooh. about these horrible things that have happened and transpired in the town of Phoenix City. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's basically Kansas City, which is like, what's Kansas City, Missouri? It's like on the Mississippi, and there's like the two sides of the river. And I think that's kind of what they're basing it on, where like the mob's on the one side of the river, and they're kind of operating like with ease on the one, because it's all corrupt. So this is mm-hmm. this is uh, Alabama, though, and uh, on the Chattahoochee. The what now? The Chattahoochee. Is that that uh, Alan Michael Jackson guy? That's right. Oh, okay. Okay. So one side of the town is where everybody works, but then they go to the other side of the river to play and they gamble and uh, they whore, they do all their all those vices. Okay. And uh, the, the corruption runs deep, and uh, no matter who tries to turn things around, they just can't get a handle on it. the The, the gangsters are always one step ahead, and they are just violent. They oh. RJ, I was laughing so much. These these goons, these these thugs. <laughs> what they, they do? They slap the shit out of like little kids, women. They uh, they uh, murder this like little black girl, and when hmm. they dump her body, the way they do it in the movies, they throw a mannequin out the car. Nice. It is it is just a mannequin, and then they just keep driving down the street, run over another kid who's just on his bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they are just oh the worst people, the, but you can't help, but kind of laugh because of the presentation. It's so trying to be serious and it, I don't know. It is trying to convince you that sometimes martial law is required and that the, the military has to come in to really solve mm. our problems. <laughs> and
1: should that just be
0: always, always let, yeah, let the police state come. Sure. Cause I mean, we obviously, we can't stop it. I mean, the, the goons—they're—they're uh, they're killing our citizens. They're killing our uh, attorney generals just because mm-hmm. they want mm-hmm. to. They're—they're they're, they're flexing with their VLTs. <laughs>
1: the goons. The goons, VLTs. There's uh, a, what? There's video. video yeah, I
0: know. Yeah, the old the, the whatever jackpot machines.
1: Well, maybe maybe if you the, want a jackpot, run, you'd have a better the, opinion of run,
0: them. Running the slots, uh, making their uh, rigged decks of cards, hmm. all, all all those things. You saying they got a stacked deck, my friend? They're stacking those decks. You actually see a, a montage of them <laughs> doing just that. Of all how it's all done behind the scenes in a factory. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an entertaining movie. I I, uh, oh, wow. I I had a good time. It was it, it is surprisingly violent for what 1955. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, lots of people just like with like chocolate sauce on their faces, stumbling around after they get beat up. Yeah, and like no one's safe. Mm. Old people. Kids, lots of dead kids. So it's like it's way ahead of uh, assault, assault on precinct thirteen in that regard. People always talk about, man. Then I can't believe John Carpenter kills that kid. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, Phil Carlson in Phoenix City story, he was killing kids before killing kids was cool. How many do you think he got? Kids? Oh, yeah. Well, at least a couple. Actually, a few. Because even uh, there's a bit where I this whole family gets dynamited. Oh, so he he takes a whole family. All yeah. No one's safe. Hmm. It's, Sounds like going out with you sometimes. Sometimes. No uh, one is safe. He did uh, make a movie, I guess, like uh a few years earlier called Kansas City Confidential. Maybe it's got the same kind of thrills. Hmm. And you, actually in, in a one thing too is that Phil Carlson also directed The Wrecking Crew, which you might recall is the movie that Sharon Tate in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to see. Mm. And you get to see her watch herself with her feet up on the seat for like 15 minutes.
1: I do recall that uh, I think you and a couple of your friends in high school were called The Wrecking Crew. <laughs> but for d- very different
0: reasons. Very different reasons. Very different reasons. But yeah, that's all I managed to really get to. That sounds all right. That's fine. Yeah. No, I
1: think that sounds okay. Yeah. We uh we we watched one episode of The Deuce.
0: Oh. We weren't really into it. Oh. But, I mean, that's not to say you might not be. You could watch that uh Martin Scorsese show about like, the music well, industry, whatever that was called.
1: We started a new show. We needed we needed a little uh cleanse of something that's kind of mindless and then we'll get back to serious stuff. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um you got any uh, you got any of that here news?
1: What was it? what did I say I was gonna bring up later? Do you remember? I was like, Oh I'll tell you about that during news. <laughs> and now I've total it was like an hour ago? Yeah, that was
0: a long time ago. What did I talk about, Jarrett? I don't know. Do you have any news? <laughs> Let's see. Let's see here. Let's put, a, let's put a bow on the first half here. Oh, Captain Marvel 2 officially in development for possible 2022 release date. Hey, so one thing that I don't know if we talked about, about how the mm-hmm. Oscar nominations were announced, mm-hmm. and uh, Avengers Endgame didn't get shit, and no one cares. Nobody cares. Everyone's moved on. Everyone knows. Uh, oh, I do see that uh, GDT, old Guillermo, He's uh, mm-hmm. secretly starting filming a his Nightmare Alley movie. Maybe it's a secret because uh,
1: maybe he he doesn't want to tell people he's doing movies anymore because then they'll they'll never get made.
0: No, uh, Terry Jones died of Monty Python fame, and uh, Kirk is Douglas, that good? Kirk Douglas is no, it's not. It's I guess sad. I guess okay, but uh, Kirk Douglas is still alive. Questionable. No.
1: Questionable if if true, even I I don't I I don't really believe it, so I don't buy it. Jarrett, what was I going to tell you earlier? <laughs> Do you remember? I wish I did. Ah, what was that It was like so funny. It actually wasn't funny at all, but I like. It about cereal. Oh yeah, you know.
0: yeah. You also rewatched some Joker.
1: Yeah, I rewatched Joker still good. I still like it. Good. As a friend of the show, Ryan Nag would say, I liked it. I'm not even an incel. So, I mean, I I think that speaks volumes. I think it still holds up pretty well, even on second watches. Oh,
0: look at this garbage website. But they they still disappoint me. Which one? Regarding the Morbius movie, Jared Hmm. Harris is not playing Dr. Octopus. Sad? Sad. Yeah, people are in a big huff about that Morbius because it
1: uh, had Michael Keaton from uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming in it? You hear it.
0: Wow, this site sucks so much. Which one? Call them out. Screenrant.com. Oh, mm. I mean, they know their audience. Who? Guys like you? Oh, look at that! Rise of Skywalker is lowest-rated Star Wars film on Rotten Tomatoes, which means it's hmm. low, it, it dipped below uh, Phantom Menace. Good. Good. Uh what is that movie out? Let's take a look at that. Because no one talks about that anymore. Rise of what? Skywalker. Hey you you want to hear something funny that
1: Hugo Weaving said today? Whoa. Apparently he was in an interview and they're like, Why didn't you come Fuck back for me. Red Skull?
0: B- Bad Boys for Life made what? uh came out and made sixty eight million dollars. Yeah, it did okay. Did okay. Did a lot better than
1: uh Doolittle. Well, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm so anyways so you know anyways. Hugo Weaving yeah a bunch of people were like hey why do not you go do Red Skull for Endgame and his answer was basically I was like they didn't pay me enough money I thought it was really funny because everyone <laughs> thought it was going to be like some complicated thing he's like they didn't yeah. offer me enough money he's like it's that simple you guys and I was like you tell him Hugo Weaving yeah you, you tell him fuck what was I going to tell you about it was so funny it was so quippy well you, Um, you, you heard it here first folks what funny quippy things yeah i don't know man i was gonna tell you something super cool and now i feel like it's just not happening it's gone we're watching the big c with laura linney and oliver platt are you interested in that at all
0: no it's got oliver platt in it though that's fine he should he should be allowed to work still. Did he do something bad? No, he's not like TJ
1: Miller. Ooh, it sounds like that hurt uh, that movie he came that came out last
0: week. Yeah, I, I don't even know if people even know about TJ Miller. Some people do, mm-hmm. a lot of people do not. What about? He's got a good Wikipedia page. Is all I'm saying, folks.
1: Is it active?
0: His Wikipedia is page. I mean, I guess it's always active. You can read about how he called in a bomb threat to Amtrak. Mm. It sounded like a sweet practical joke, though. That was what he was intending, right? In- intoxicated. Nice. Well, I'm pretty
1: upset that I don't remember what I was going to tell you. That's why we write notes. I don't write notes. Well,
0: it's time to talk about some movies. Oh, right. Shit. After the break, we pray to God. Which one? The Spider God.
2: Huh?
1: <laughs>
3: Imagination of the world now brings us his latest triumph of the cinematic art Through a glass darkly his most powerful perceptive and most satisfying motion picture Starring Gunnar Bjornstrand from the distinguished cast of the seventh seal and the magician as the father Intellectual detached torn between love for his daughter and a writer's curiosity to watch and observe her degradation stunned and horrified with the impact of his own self-indulgence Max von Sydow, star of The Seventh Seal and The Virgin Spring, as the husband, suffering the torments of unending frustration at the failure of his love and his science to keep her from the darkness. Lars Pascard as the brother, at the tender time of life between childhood and manhood, unable to relate to the men around him, being drawn into the dark, unwholesome world of his sister. And in one of the most brilliant performances in the history of the motion picture screen, Harriet Anderson as Karin, trying to take her place in the real world as wife, daughter, and sister, but all the time being irresistibly drawn into the shadows and unspeakable terrors of her imagination. Mm. In Through a Glass Darkly, Ingmar Bergman has explored the deepest and most personal (laughs) recesses of the human heart to create a masterpiece in the art of filmmaking. through a glass darkly
0: and we're back this is the criterion creeps podcast and tonight rj and listeners, mm-hmm. huh. we're talking about a film trilogy by Ingmar Bergman. <sighs> Some also call it the Silence Trilogy. But we'll, 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 we'll begin figuring that out because we're talking about tonight mm. Through a Glass Darkly and Winter Light. Next week, we'll talk about the silence and the documentary Ingmar Bergman Makes a Movie. Does that sound good? I mean, would you listen if I said anything else? Nope. So what what does the back of this uh, film trilogy box say? Good question. In 1960, Swedish director Ingmar Bergman began work on three of his most powerful and representative films, eventually presented as a trilogy. Already a figure of international acclaim for such masterpieces as The Seventh Seal and The Magician, Bergman turned his back on the expressionism of his 50s work to focus on a series of chamber dramas exploring belief and alienation in the modern age. Collaborating Hmm. with the distinguished cinematographer Sven Nykvist and eliciting searing performances from his refined cast regulars Harriet Anderson, Gunnar Bjornstrand, Gunnar Lundblom, Ingrid Tholen and Max von Sydow among them, Bergman unleashed Through a Glass Darkly, Winter Light and The Silence in rapid succession exposing moviegoers worldwide to a new level of intellectual and emotional intensity drawing on Bergman's own upbringing and ongoing spiritual crises the films of the trilogy examine the necessity of religion and question the promise of faith uh do you-
1: Do you think that any of that applies to these movies? I don't really see the connection.
0: (laughs) First up, Through a Glass Darkly from 1961. Mm -hmm. Uh, A synopsis from Letterboxd I will read first. Karen hopes to recover from her recent stay at a mental hospital by spending the summer at her family's cottage on a tiny island. Her husband, Martin, cares for her, but is frustrated by her physical withdrawal. Her younger brother, Minus, is confused by Karen's vulnerability and his own budding sexuality. Their Uh. father, David, cannot overcome his haughty remoteness. Beset by visions, Karen descends further into madness. Do you find that that's fitting? Because I, I don't remember any of that in
1: the movie we watched. <laughs> Not really.
0: Okay. Um, so. Uh-huh. Well, I've seen these movies uh, about three years ago. Okay. I had gotten this, uh, the DVD set that had just gone out of print at the time and was getting harder and harder to get. It's now been since rectified. It's now available on Blu-ray and also on the Criterion channel for everyone to, uh, uh-huh. Delve into so I watched these kind of having a sense of what these movies were, and like they're always talked about. You know, I was I like this Bergman guy, I like checking out his movies, and uh, Mm -hmm. so I watched like all three of these pretty close together, I believe. Uh, Letterboxd would prove me a liar or not, Mm. but um, and I remember liking this movie but mm-hmm. and i didn't really remember too much about it off the top of my head i i do remember things about like how this mental hospital recovery stuff seemed to be like i had a very different type of movie in my mind when you hear the description of what this movie's about when you watch it cuz it doesn't quite feel that way mm-hmm. but uh it it does have i mean it does seem to be similar to the description given <laughs> yeah i mean it's it bears some resemblance. Yeah, it's it's a little bit
1: there, I guess.
0: So, yes. Watching the movie the second time, I was kind of surprised how I remembered some things, but I didn't remember how <laughs> things connected up. Uh the one the very first shot of this movie though, for whatever reason, with the uh the four figures emerging from the water, I was like, "Oh, it's like Shockwaves." <laughs> but they're not 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 underwater Nazi zombies. They're uh they're Swedish people. You're not
1: sure though. Like, you can't say that they weren't.
0: Wow. I don't know. I, uh, I try to do a screen comparison. It's not quite the same, but mm. there is a, a haunting similarity that perhaps a uh, director of Shockwaves was like, I really love that Bergman. I really wanted to bring some of that through a glass darkly into this uh, movie. I, pop- I wouldn't yeah, rule it possible. out. You know, you know people were watching this. This is uh, mm-hmm. internationally acclaimed, uh, as a criterion would say. Well, in some people's opinions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we got, like, old Max von Sydow, Sydow, mm-hmm. whatever. He he looks quite a bit older than his his bride, the, the daughter. Um, Did you get, feel that? Like, I noticed Max, that also. Max, Max von Sydow, like, he's a weird guy because he looks a lot older than he was when he's young because he's been perpetually old for a very long time now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, like. Well, because like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's
0: always the exorcist thing, right? Like, how, like, crazy that makeup is and how old yeah. he looks in that. And now he looks older. Like, he maybe doesn't even look as old now as he did in, like, 1973 in makeup.
2: <sighs> so I, watching, so when I watch, so when I watch this, so
0: when I think of this, yeah. and then you think about um, Seventh Seal, and he's, like, mm-hmm. very young and blonde and bronzy, but in this, it's like, he seems older. Like, he's uh, leapt up in a few years. But I guess he was, like, early 30s. In this movie,
1: yeah. And how
0: old is the lady that? <sighs> I'm not even. But sure. she just young looking. She is, she is, looks young, right? But she's older than yeah. her younger brother, who's like very like gawky, still very adolescent. She, she looks like the same
1: age as the brother, like or not the same, but like close. And then Max von Sydow looks the same age as the dad. And I was just like, well, I guess he just married a well, young lady. I and don't and know. you did uh,
0: recognize the dad, right? The, the actor. I recognize him in the next movie. But but did you recognize? But he's the uh, he's the squire in Seven uh, Seal. He is. Yep. How many years gap is that? Oh, what year 57
1: Fifty-seven, sixty-three. Yeah. So six years. Yeah. Uh, no. He reminded me of um. Ah, oh, I had a really good comparison. You know how I make good comparisons. Like if I was like, he looks like John Lovitz. You'd be like, yeah, he totally does. Okay, so that, the dif-
0: the difference in age between Harriet Anderson and uh, Dow is like three years. So she's just re- she's, she's she's really young looking.
2: She's, she's just,
1: youthful, is what uh, some creepy guy would probably say. Very
2: youthful.
0: Very youthful. Actually, maybe he's even older than that. Maybe he's like almost forty. I don't know. In that in the movie, but anyway, he looks he just looks older. Yeah, maybe it's he that. looks like an old it, dude and it's, she it's, looks not. Yeah, maybe it's that fair skin is always uh it, the sun the sun and weather is a lot more unforgiving when you're fair-haired. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. It's possible. So anyway, that 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 will be said, So mm-hmm. we get these like kind of like clu- these like little references to the fact that she's not well. Initially she seems totally fine and uh mm-hmm. but um The old David, the dad, and uh, Martin, they're like having these conversations. Oh, I sent you a letter. Oh, what about? And then we cut to Minus and um, Karen hanging out. Karen, like, does kind of act a little odd around her brother. Like, kind of this weird, Mm -hmm. like, very immature, but also somewhat flirtatious, which is kind of weird. (laughs) Kind of weird. It's i mean it's danced around right yeah it's kind of
1: like look how playful we are right Ooh. yeah but at the same time i never i never felt threatened by it
0: no you you didn't feel like someone's gonna reach like a sibling was gonna reach out to get you
1: no not 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 watching this movie there's been other movies where you do feel a little bit unsafe but uh okay not not in this
0: one yeah, yeah. so one of the things that uh became prevalent to me and reminded me of my first time watching this is the, uh, the privilege on display of these characters where you're like, ah, these poor Swedish people with their like beachfront, like island house uh, (laughs) in this cabin cottage. And they have like this like pier with this like sunken ship. (laughs) And you're like, what what is this like these people live mm-hmm. in a it's it like was it Faroe Island um, that they're on, and it's something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's used often by Bergman uh, at this point. After his cinematographer introduced him to it, I can recon- I can read Wikipedia, folks. Don't you worry. Okay. Oh. And, uh, and I'm like, fuck, like how how are people supposed to relate to this? Like these people are like, oh, I got, mm-hmm. I'm, I got, I'm a little mentally ill. And uh, by the end of this, you get the choice of like, well, I'm not well enough to function in society. I just want to go back and be drugged up all the time. It's like, well, that's nice.
1: That's
0: kind of relatable, though. No. Not for me, I guess. Not for me.
1: No, I I know what you mean. That was like, uh, remember my one of my most infamous problems with "Call Me by Your Name" was this rich family, like just vacationing in their like Italian villa, their chateau, and it was just like, here we are. Is like everything's great, but we're sad, and you're like, I don't really (laughs) feel bad for you guys. Only uh, it, me, <laughs> it didn't uh, it didn't strike me as much in this movie but uh, I was kind of like what's this lifestyle they live where they you know just go You're... collect their fish nets and yeah. you know and they live in this like
0: kind of falling apart house the father is yeah oh yeah like there's like the main floor seems fine but that upstairs who boy yeah it's some real David Lynch uh decrepit dream imagery yeah I thought it was strange too because I was
1: like everything else looks really nice I was like I wonder why they uh you know you know.
0: 'Cause it's where the mind is, upstairs. Oh my god. Are you talking about metaphors, Jared? Metaphors and shit. Shit.
1: Okay, so, well tell me more about this movie that you watched allegedly. Well,
0: we got we got Minus. He's he, he wants to be a writer like his poppy. He's, mm-hmm. he's gonna write those plays. And uh which it seems like it's some Igmar Bergman stuff right there. I've seen, mm-hmm. fan, I've seen that Fanny Alexander, and uh, it's even seven Seal. He likes performers in the theater, and uh, that pops up here and there in his movies. As do mm-hmm. this, this, this kind of the format of the chamber drama uh, of these people like all being kind of like locked in and confronted with one another. We've seen that uh, uh, executed very well with something like, say, Autumn Sonata.
1: Yeah, I I suppose those are fairly similar. Oh yeah, it's always yeah, it's these. It's always one thing or the other. These
0: these domestic interior movies, and then you know Woody Allen then makes a movie called Interiors, which you know is a Bergman movie. This one's weird though because it seems like my snapshot of Bergman usually is like a lot of female characters. In this mm-hmm. one, it's like a regular sausage party. And they're all it's like you have this her old the old man of her dad. You have this like middle aged man that looks middle aged but not really of uh seed out. And then you have the younger brother who's like I mean probably like a teenager, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean I think they play like they play him off younger than he looks. It seems like because he looks like a teenager, but like some sometimes the way they treat him, it's like is this kid like eight years old or, or is that just is that like to represent how he feels that he's being treated? So you know what I mean. He
0: You're... was twenty when this movie was released, so he's he okay. is quite a bit younger than the others by yeah. about I don't know he's only twelve years younger than the uh, than C-Dow. They treat him like a little baby though. They, they do. They do, and he. But he just yeah. wants he just wants Papa to talk to him, just like we all want Papa to talk to us and our God. Do you? Do you talk to your dad? Yeah, he sent me a message. Yeah. Uh, he watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and loved it.
1: I would have been funnier if the message was really mean. He was like, <laughs> "I don't like you. <laughs> You're a constant
0: disappointment."
1: <laughs> See, that's the kind of stuff people are tuning in
0: for, Jared. That's right. Wow. Well, okay. Well. So anyway, so anyways,
1: tell me about this little kid or, that, you know, whatever you mi- were going
0: to talk about. Minus? What a, what a name. Yeah, sure. Minus? Minus? Like Linus? Minus? minus. Yeah, you know, sure. He, he's, uh, I don't know. He, he has some problems. He's got, he displays some, like, he's on the road to the incel life, but women sticking out their uh, stomachs. I uh, I
1: also had that vibe. And then, like, when when he gets confronted, he pouts and he spills his milk everywhere.
0: Oh, yeah. like well, he, 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 he has a real raging out moment. And Maybe then, that's why they treat him like a then, baby. But then later on, yeah, later on you get that scene on the boat with, like, this weird cut to, like, a downpour. And you're like, it wasn't raining a second ago. Why are they asleep? With but I guess they have their clothes on. But then she says, uh, Karen says, I did something really bad. And Daddy knows what that is without wanting to talk about it. And Miles doesn't want to see Dad anymore. And you go... Mm-hmm. Hmm. What what did something go down? Did something happen? I don't know. It's pretty ambiguous, RJ. I don't know about what, that. What and do boom. you think went down? <sighs> bit, bit, a me. little bit of that incest maybe. I don't oh know. Oh my god. I never got that. Uh, it it's left there. I don't know. It's it's on that oh, table. You could be right. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I like there's there's mention of things. I usually try to just tune that kind of stuff out. <laughs>
0: pretend it's not there.
1: And by that stuff, I mean movies. Right. I just usually yeah. try to tune them out. Yeah. No,
0: I uh, I know what you mean. I feel like I, I did. Yeah. So this yeah. movie, um, on a technical level, cinematography, gorgeous. This mm-hmm. movie looks awesome. Uh, it always looks great. Even while mm-hmm. I was watching uh, my DVD of this, uh, Standard Def, it still looks so good. Uh, uh, you watched it on DVD? Yeah, cause I Okay. I, I own these bad boys. You watched it on the channel? I did watch it on the channel. I watched
1: them both on the channel and how
0: they look. Uh,
1: I thought they looked great. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Like I thought they looked real good, dude, but that's just, I don't know. I don't know what like kind of resolution was on the channel <laughs> or many, anything. How like many that.
0: pixels were on display?
1: Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, but, uh, I thought, I thought it all looked great. So that's, uh, about as much as I can
0: say. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah, I mean, I I like this movie. Okay, um, tell me more. <laughs> it's that it's Bergman. Uh yes, it is. I'm try, I'm trying to put it into context of other Bergmans that I've watched and like even like Winterlight. Um I will say that of the three, uh, mm-hmm. this one's like kind of my like, and I haven't watched this I haven't rewatched Silence, but looking ahead at what I thought of the movies' when i watched them 3 years ago i think silence is my favorite of the 3 and this would be my mm-hmm. number 2
1: ooh shit
0: so just in terms of uh the story because sure it's uh it's got this amazing sequence where like so okay the one thing that i find really misleading with this letterbox synopsis is this mm-hmm. talk about her uh, karen having these like visions and her and descending into further madness so mm-hmm. there's only like really like what two scenes that like play out that way. Cause there's the uh, first, cause there's the one that you see. Uh... Yeah. So you get the one where it's like, yeah, you see I was sleeping and then you see her, like you have that awesome shot with her kind of like sleeping behind him with the light on her face and then her mm-hmm. eye opens and she's looking around and then she gets mm-hmm. up and then she goes upstairs into the, like kind of the, the unfinished decrepit room. Mm-hmm. And uh she starts getting into possession mode Where she's just like, where she's just writhing around and it's sort of like, is this like a sexual kind of trance that she's in? Uh, And and it's like, it's it's shot in this way that I don't think uh, that scene would be shot at all anymore. It Mm -hmm. would be like, it's like kind of removed and it's not letting you like be sympathetic to her at all like other than like it's not like from her, over her body and gazing on her body as it writhes around it's like you're just watching okay. it like kind from of, like from a medical standpoint and she's just framed by the emptiness of the room and it's more of a disturbing kind of thing cuz you now you're just watching uh mental illness kind of playing out this her schizophrenia <laughs> i guess and then yeah. uh, then the movie's climax comes with uh the return to this room and uh, the intensity of that. And you have, you have the monologue where we're introduced to the spider god <laughs> that uh, is on the cover of the box set, this, like, white tarantula creature. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you have this description of this, this god coming out of a door and trying to penetrate her. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. This, what is, what's going on here? This is pretty cool. And I'm like, I'm sure it's a, it's not this Lovecraft type of thing. It's more of a, it is the, on the metaphorical side, Mm -hmm. but, uh, as we'll learn in the, uh, other film, the spider gods mentioned again. And then you're like, what's all this about? (laughs) What's all, what's all this then? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I wasn't, uh, when it was happening, I was like, yeah, I know about mental illness. Mm Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about over there. Yeah. I see what's going on. And then, yeah, it gets brought up a few more other times. And I was like, wait a minute.
0: What's going on here? And then that. What's going on to the spider god? And then this whirly bird shows up and sweeps everybody away. Do you think that that was written
1: in the script where he's just like, and then they went back to their own planet? <laughs>
2: uh,
0: that'd, be, that'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about uh, the dad, David's character in this? I mean, he's not the most likable guy. Yeah. Well, but I there, mean, Because there's, like, there's this idea that he's, like, suffering from writer's block. Because he, he's, like, always on yeah. tour. And it seems like mm-hmm. oh, he's, one of his other books has uh, been picked up. And he's got to go on another tour. And he's going to go to Switzerland or something like that. And his family's mm-hmm. like, oh, dad, you're really, you're, you're dumping us again.
1: Yeah, I mean. You pro- You
0: promised.
1: When my minus is just like, I'm really sad that you're leaving again. The dad's like, what are you going to do, man? I got a tour. And then minus is like, all right, here's a compromise. I'll put on a small skit for you to express to you why I'm upset.
0: But he, and, and it all works out. Yeah, and David even tried to kill himself, you know, We're mm-hmm. talking about driving over a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just like, yeah, but you're also a coward. And now you're, like, writing notes about, like, following your daughter. Yeah, the dad's not super likable, Jarrett, um, for
1: certain reasons. And I think a lot of it, like, I, I kind of like the scene on the boat when Max Foncito is kind of just like, he's like, you suck. You're pathetic. He's like, look at you. Look at you. He doesn't say it in that way, but, like, he's basically just like, you're, you're kind of a shitty dude. And yeah. he's like, yeah, like, not that he did anything, like, outright bad that isn't just alluded to right you're just like yeah he's just kind of a bad dude yeah you know
0: you know um so RJ what, what did you yep. uh what did you think of through a glass darkly through a glass darkly oh man I just thought of a
1: sick review through an ass or or even like how, how, how about that uh that Bach score oh Bach man I know all about Bach bring let me it, tell you
0: bringing it Bach bring it Bach
1: Uh, So I was familiar with this box set, Jared. I almost bought this box set before we even started this whole podcast
2: thing. Can
1: you believe that? I can. Uh, Actually, uh, my old roommate, Scott, he owned this box set. Yep. And uh, I was going to watch it with him, and then uh, it just never happened, and he watched them on his own, and he really liked them. So I went into it, and it was just, when I saw it was coming up, I was like, oh, yeah, those are those movies Scott really liked. Can't wait (sighs) to check them out. Uh, and uh, I believe I'm usually on the right side of history with the Bergman movies. Like, you know, they usually hit the spot. Yep. Uh, I liked Through a Glass Darkly a lot. Uh, I don't think it's as good as uh, the other Bergmans we've watched so far. Even um, the Magic
0: the Magic Flute?
1: <laughs> uh, it's definitely better than the Magic Flute. And uh, I don't know. It, it. It might be better than Cries and Whispers, I think it's definitely not hmm. not as good as the others I see like I, uh, I
0: never yeah Crescent whispers is always kind of the one that uh you forget I forget about yeah like, I'd, I'd say I mean or I mean wild strawberries is like that for me though too I'd yeah, say like those I, I, I think these three are like kind of on the like wild strawberries cries and whispers and through a glass darkly are kind of on the same wavelength for mm-hmm. me yep I think that's fair
1: uh so like there's uh yeah I, anyways i just kind of put it into the perspective there so i do like i i kind of like how um i don't want to say like boring but like kind of how simple this movie is where it's yeah. just kind of like this girl's sick and they're like oh shit that sucks and then that's it that's the whole movie for an hour and a half and it's just like oh man she's she's really not doing good and then they're like yeah it sucks what are you gonna do like do. I I don't know that that was my read on this thing was that uh, it's like I said, it's not boring, but it's just like, yeah, this lady's kind of sick. What are you going to do about it? Uh, I didn't totally love the uh, like there. I think there is a few Bergmany things like that little skit thing. It's not bad. I thought it was fine. mm -hmm. But I was like, I was like, I see. I bet he wanted to do more of that magic flute style. (laughs) <laughs> where he's just this weird old Swedish tradition living in these like dilapidated houses where these dudes just reenact like plays and sing to each other on pan flutes and like stuff like that. I was like, I, I see what you're up to Bergman, you weird old dude. Uh, I think Max Vincito is great. Uh, I do like the characters. Like, um, I like the interactions between them and like their relationships. And I think it's kind of, I like the idea that there's this lady who's just, kind of has mental illness and they're all like, yeah, you got it. And then it's just like, Oh no, wait, she's, she's really got it. And I was kind of like, I wonder if it got progressively worse or if they just didn't know how, how much it was like actually a part of her life. Uh, I really like when she's just hanging out in the attic, talking about like talking into that thing in the wall. It really, it reminded me of beyond the walls, that French, uh, miniseries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was just like, I wonder if she goes through the wall and it turns into a horror video game—that'd be cool. <laughs> I was like, that'd be really cool. But uh, maybe, maybe those people were big fans of this movie, and they're like, "What if the spider god was real?" You know what I mean? Actually, I remember. Like, do you have the DVD pack where the cover is the spider? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See that—that's a good clue, right? <laughs> oh, no good clue. Uh, what else is there to say about this movie? Um, the little kid, I think, is whiny and annoying. He's like, nobody likes me. No one wants to hang out with me. Girls are showing their skin too much. And I was like, yeah, I know. I feel all the same things, dude. But relax. Relax. Uh, she She's a really good character. I like her kind of interactions. Um, like show, like displaying the things. Like what you said, where she's just kind of like sitting up around people that are sleeping. And you're just like, oh, shit. That's spooky. Yeah. Uh, max mancito is the only one who actually seems like he cares the dad is so aloof all the time he's like i want to be better but i don't want to do anything to to help uh what was i saying? oh you, were, you know what annoyed me it was that little kid when he just jumps in his dad's window and he's like oh yes let's go drag the nets dad and i was like use the door you animal <laughs> but it, it also like i find the house super strange so it's kind of like what you were saying where um I don't, it's not in the sense that you said where you're like, I I have a hard time feeling bad for them, but I was kind of just like, what is this? What are these people's lives that they just live in this like cottage by the sea and the kids are like jumping in through windows. They're like, let's go get the fish, man. There's like old broken down boats everywhere. The house itself is like kind of falling apart because it's got, it's a gothic tale. I know. Max Van doesn't even fit in any of the doorways. He's got to, like,
0: like crouch over. Oh, yeah. Do you really feel that toward the end, where he's, like, always Mm -hmm. ducking in? You're like, I I know that feeling, brother. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, the house itself was a character for me because I was like, this house is weird, man. Yeah, strange house. Yeah, it's a peculiar set. And it's huge. Like, it's it's just so gigantic upstairs, yet it's low and, uh. The, 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 the giant uh max has to duck around mm-hmm. poor bastard definitely but uh yeah no i, I like through a glass starkly
1: it's i don't know i there, there are, it's like i said there are a few bergman's i don't like so uh i'm on board with this dude mm-hmm. I, I like his his style style and profile style and profile one time Andrea's dad got her a birthday card and uh, he got it for her sister also because their birthday is like a week away. And uh, it just, it was the same card for both of them. And it said, Love your smile, love your style. So uh, I say that to Andrea. Like I text her that like once a month, maybe. She's always like, Stop. And I'm like, No, <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> so, you know, that's, a, I think that's a could turn into a Bergman tragedy one day.
0: Yeah. But.
1: Yeah, I think it's got like it's like I said, I think it's got all the marks of the stuff of Bergman movies I do like. And I think it just it he doesn't actually go for it like with that that uh, little skit play too much. But I was like the potentials there. I was like, I can see I think he wanted to to go into those things that I don't like about Bergman as much. So I was like, I'm glad that he didn't. Good. What do you think about Glass Darkly?
0: Glass Darkly? It sounds like it's, almost, it's oh, that's almost like a uh, M. Night Shyamalan film. Glass darkly. You know what the the twist would be? It's all taking place in the girl's head. Yeah, sure. On Faroe Island. Maybe. Do you, can you think of a funny title like instead of
1: "Through a Glass, Darkly," like "Through an Ass, Sharply" or something? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> for our for our Mad May Magazine uh, riff. Uh, no. Okay. Done. Powering on. Well. Power- any lingering thoughts, chair, lingering thoughts,
0: um, ingmaring thoughts, maybe more will come to me as we talk about, uh, the next film. Sure.
3: Winter light. Ingmar Bergman, the most celebrated and distinguished filmmaker of our time presents his first film since winning two Academy Awards. Bergman reaches new heights in dramatic achievement as he explores the life of a country pastor, his relationship with his mistress, and the people around him. Starring Gunnar Björnstrand as the pastor, struggling to find God and love in a winter world. And as his mistress, who sheds all pride in a desperate effort to give her love, Ingrid Tullin. star of the Seventh Seal and the Virgin Spring, Max von Sydow, and Gunnell Lindblom, as a tormented fisherman and his wife, a strange couple caught up in the compulsive fears of a world they see only as hostile. brilliant talents of Ingmar Bergman, creating this newest masterpiece of the motion picture art.
0: All right. So, Winter Light, 1963. Mm -hmm. The synopsis from Letterboxd. A Swedish pastor fails a loving woman, a suicidal fisherman, and God. (laughs) Man, he's really
1: fucking up, eh?
0: That's it yeah he's really fucking up. Okay let's let's try uh, reading the one off of the uh, the box itself, the DVD. Hmm. God, why hast thou forsaken me? With Winter Light, Ingmar Bergman explores the search for redemption in a meaningless existence. Small-town pastor oh. Thomas Erickson, Gunnar Bjornstrand, performs his duties mechanically before a dwindling congregation, including his stubbornly devoted lover, Marta Ingrid Tholen. When he is asked to assuage a troubled parishioner's delib- de- de- debilitating fear of nuclear annihilation, Thomas is terrified to find that he can provide nothing but his own doubt. The beautifully photographed Winterlight is an unsettling look at the human craving for personal validation in a world seemingly abandoned by God. What a cheery idea for a movie, right here? That's right. So mm-hmm. um, Winterlight. Again, uh, I watched this a few years ago when I watched this trilogy mm-hmm. the first time through. Uh, I also wound up re- watching it uh, when I watched the film uh, First Reformed, the Paul Schrader movie with Ethan Hawke, hmm. which uh, very much borrows knowingly, and it's not like a secret, uh, takes mm-hmm. a lot of the format of Winterlight and expounds upon it. And I would say, in a very stupid sort of way. A lot of people like the movie, yeah. though, but that's for you to decide. I tried, dude. I tried to watch it, but uh, it was unavailable. Yeah, unfortunate. It was uh, unavailable. One thing I'll throw there first uh, that I learned. So the, the organist in Winterlight, Light, played mm-hmm. by Olaf Thunberg, uh, he is the grandfather to Greta Thunberg, the climate activist. Okay, well, so wait, who who is that guy? How is he related to this movie? So Olaf Thunberg, who plays the organist, the uh, oh okay yeah the the, the drunk organist who mm-hmm. doesn't give a shit about anything yeah the actor he's the grandfather to Greta Thunberg I just oh, how fun yeah oh, um what do you think about climate change <laughs> uh how do I feel about the world burning <laughs> it's appropriate for winter light yeah there you go it's a different well it's actually relevant uh, in terms of the film uh, first reformed. Which instead of using nuclear annihilation uses environmental collapse. So there you go. What, hmm. what a linkage. So kind of sad. Kind of sad. So Winter Light. This movie opens up uh, and and presents to you the audience. If you wanted to reenact what it's like to go to church for like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's twenty <laughs> minutes. The first, the, uh, the, the, I, I clocked it. Okay, how long does the church sequence go before it starts? Kind of fourteen tr- minutes. Okay, so the first mm-hmm. fourteen minutes of Winter Light, it is like going to see a sermon, I guess, or whatever this sure shit's, is. whatever this shit's called, and yeah, uh, sure. you you get experience it live, and you get all the people sniffling around, looking longingly. They're gonna receive their communion, drink their uh, drink from that dirty wine cup. Getting there, spreading mm-hmm. that spreading those mm-hmm. herpes and cold sores. Uh um, oh, yeah. I don't know if the wine helps on that front, but mm. so Can't hurt. uh <laughs> we got Tell me more. we got the return of Gunnar Bjornstrand. Mm-hmm. Uh he's the big dog in this. He's the pastor, Pastor mm-hmm. Tom. He's doing noon service in this little town. No one cares. We have Mox Van Sidow rocking the Norman Osborne haircut. With his uh, pre- pregnant wife. and then- Wait, Which Norman Osborn? From uh, the Sam
1: Raimi movies or from, or from the comics? From the comics. Okay. Like, nice. It's like
0: cornrows kind
1: of. Yeah, that red cornrow going all the way back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Keep going.
0: So, yeah. Uh, he's just he's going through the motions it doesn't even i mean to me it doesn't even feel like he's going through the motions like this is just like what you do this is what this whole thing's about it's about offering comfort uh you get all this kind of weird spooky church stuff that uh i i have no relation to but the space is huge and all encompassing weird angles and booths you you, you can definitely feel that at one point this was a more important place to people but maybe this village maybe it's not even about religion maybe it's just that like a lot of people the urban like the the rural people they've moved on they've moved to the big city and if they aren't there they've got other things they have to do at that moment because mm-hmm. God's just that much less important hard to say it, these so, are the big questions Jer. yeah we have uh the cripple the uh <laughs> What's his deal? Uh, he was in a, he got messed up at work. I think there's some comments about him working at, uh, for a train company. Mm -hmm. He got dumped on and he's just trying to find his way in life and, uh, justify his existence and pain and suffering. And, uh, he's found some, uh, solace in the, the, the good book in -hmm. that, in that good old religion. um, but then we're just, like, watching this old sad sack Thomas kind of, like, trying to do his thing. And even he's kind of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's it all about? I don't know. Uh, we have the suicidal fisherman, played by Maxwell and C. Dow. He's uh, He read about in a newspaper about China. Now China has got is going to have the atom bomb. And they don't care because they're communists. They don't believe in God. They'll just drop it right on us and there's nothing we can do. And this has, like, really gotten into his head. And, Mm -hmm. uh, his wife's like, well, you know, we've got like baby number four or five on the way, need that daddy, need that fisherman money, need that, need need that guy in my life. Maybe, uh, you can give him some encouraging words. (laughs) And, um. Does it work? Well, he, they leave to go home first and he's like, well, he's going to be more comfortable talking to you, uh, one-on-one. So we're going to leave for a bit. You hang out here before you hit the next town, hit Mm -hmm. your, hit your next date, spreading the good word at the, the next uh, location. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. the big, it's the big takedown. The organist, Surly man, doesn't care about this. The cripple. He's, uh, I'm so mean. Uh, the white now? He, he's going to uh, go fire <laughs> up the furnace over there an hour earlier. And he's mm-hmm. got some very important things to talk to him about. Mm-hmm. And then we're introduced to Marta, uh, who had a uh, really bad rash. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I was a little, I was a little confused at the rash. I was kind of like, wait a minute, how does this play in? And then I was like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay.
0: So both these, so both this and through a glass darkly involve, uh, the same actor with a dead Mm -hmm. wife. Yeah.
1: And so like, can
0: I, one thing that
1: kind of confused me a little bit was like, um, is, uh, Max von Sydow playing like almost the same character as the last movie well, because it's, it's, he's not he's not a doctor anymore, but his wife's named Karen. Named, yeah, I was just like, is it like supposed to be the same characters? No, is this an MCU shared universe?
0: No, I, I don't think so. I think it, I think it's just kind of it just odd happens. Because Karen's just a common name. Uh, in Sweden, maybe. Do,
1: do you think it's a common name here? Karen.
0: Yeah, I I
1: I don't know. I, I've known some. I know some Karens. What do you think the most popular name is in in Canada?
0: Mercedes.
1: Ooh, <laughs> I've known a few. Okay. L-
0: Logan. <laughs> Just because of the movie. <laughs> yes, right.
1: Okay, sick. Uh, Aria.
0: <laughs> oh, I uh,
1: no, does I I can't. I was gonna say I know some bad names, but they're real people. I can't. Uh, I can't <laughs> shame them
0: in such a way. I'll tell you off air. Okay. Okay. So the first 15 minutes is sermon. The next sequence is cleanup. It's like kind of packing up, winding down, counting the money, finding out like how little money you get. And you're like, how how are we going to keep this ship going? That's not not a lot of money. And then um, we have one of the first interaction between Thomas and Marta. Mm -hmm. And then- he goes back to his office the 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 pastor office, and he reads a letter from her and mm-hmm. we jump from uh this kind of typically shot movie to this like straight on le- reading of the letter by uh marta in the actress I guess delivering this monologue and mm-hmm. it goes on for like ten minutes probably it, it's like a' total one one take kind of thing it feels like maybe there's some edits mm. and then finally he drops the letter he stuffs the letter angrily into the envelope he's just like fuck and then uh he's kind of like man this broad she just won't leave me alone and then uh the uh the fisherman he shows up just like mm. when they're about to call it quits hey let's have a talk and uh there's some more mm. there's some more talk about spider god mm-hmm. at this point yeah.
1: What what is this conversation about the spider god?
0: I don't even. It's the know. pre it's the priest's experience with the spider god. That's, no. Yeah, that's right. Stone faced oh, yeah. and yeah, I don't know. So you get that. None of this is helping. Mm-hmm. None of this is helping at all. Not uh, really. Nope. And uh, so fisherman kills himself.
1: <laughs> yeah, in a uh, with a rifle, no less. Do you think he went out like Hemingway? Well, he, those long arms, you know, those are fine for hunting, uh. right? What do you think his reach was, or is, because he's still alive? Max, Vaughn. Well, I mean, because he would have shrunk a little bit.
0: Yeah. He's a tall reach. boy. He's probably got real, well, real long arms, like John John Jones arms. That's just called reach, right? Like, yeah. they're wingspan? Yeah.
1: Or should I put in wingspan?
0: <laughs> reach.
1: Okay, I put in Max von Sydow reach I, I,
0: do they have stats for reaches of actors usually well what? they usually don't, but I don't know why not can he shoot from the three point line okay, uh, is that a
1: thing? I'm sure he could okay it's it's just most the reach was mostly about like how he's reached <laughs> out so many people in his life through his
0: acting okay
1: but uh, is he on Twitter?
0: <laughs> I hope not
1: okay if he is I, i'll I'll reach out to you'll, him through you'll, our you'll uh, at him. Vic, what's your what's your wingspan, dude? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep looking on this. Tell tell me more about the the guy who killed himself.
0: Um Are you that? looking
1: into it too? What's that? What did you ask me? I said, tell me more about the guy who killed himself. He, he, he was a fisherman.
0: He was a legend. fisherman. Didn't like that idea of an atomic bomb. He kills himself. <laughs> he says, Screw you family and kids. I got nothing to live for. True.
1: Isn't there some way to figure it out, like based on height, like what your wingspan is? <laughs> Jesus. Uh... Well, he's six four, so uh, let's just say three
0: two. Like it's half, yeah. right? Sure. Or Isn't it full? He's probably got like probably. a. He's probably got like seventy two inch at least. He's a pretty big dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Shit. Sick. Okay. QCon.
0: So anyway, Thomas talks about his uh, trip to the Spanish Civil War. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't reconcile horrible things with God being a thing. So I uh, never really figured that all out, I guess, and been, try- has been has been trying to do just that. Didn't work out. No, it doesn't.
1: Sorry, I was still looking up Max Fonsito. I'm paying attention now, though. Uh, no, it doesn't work out, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I can't find an answer. I'm going to abandon this for a while.
0: So yeah, so. so it basically it does it leaves off with uh, Thomas giving him you know, hey, you know what? If uh, we deny the existence of God, man's cruelty needs no explanation. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that not true? He calls it a day. Yeah. Have you ever been in that situation? Mm, probably not with a suicidal person. <laughs> what about a priest? No. I haven't really met too many of those in my life. Man, you've barely lived at all. So anyway, Thomas and Marta, <laughs> mm-hmm. they they have their uh, next meetup. And uh, yeah, he tells her off pretty uh, pretty horribly. Talk, mm-hmm. talk, like, the one thing I'm not sold on in this, though, is like, this whole talk of her being homely. And, what, like, what do you think they meant by homely? I, 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 I don't know if he meant like, like personality-wise because it's like... What's wrong with her? She she looks okay. She, I mean, she she dresses in like for, for, for the weather very warmly. D- doesn't want to bring a lot of attention to herself. I I don't know. I I find it bizarre. I never
1: like. I never even really picked up on that. To be honest, I was kind of just like, she wears a sweater.
0: Yeah. What's What's the big deal? That's not a big deal at all. Hmm. So yeah, this whole thing is that she can't live up to his dead wife that he loved completely. And once she got taken out of the equation, he really doesn't give a shit about this God business. And maybe that's, maybe that's what's chasing people away because they can feel it. And they're like, oh yeah, maybe there isn't one of those.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I think that's kind of fair, right? Like uh, a lot of people feel like that. They're like, why even bother? And if you don't model the behavior that you expect, Jarrett, there's no way you're going to get it back.
0: So, right? He tells her off, okay. and uh, soon after, he feels bad. It he says, "Hey, you want to go for a car ride? <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to go to the next one?" She's like, "Okay." So, because you, you feel like I don't know, it almost feels like this circular thing that we've come, we've they've done this before, and there's sort of a maybe a performance to this all, and it's like this isn't the first letter, and maybe this has been going on for like a long time, and it's going to keep happening. Mm. Um, so they all arrive at the bigger church and, uh, no one's there except for now Marta, Mm. who's going to sit there in the pews and listen to whatever Thomas spews, uh, the cripple, as I've lovingly referred to him as the handicapped sexton, Algot, Mm -hmm. his name, he's there and he asks his question. He talks about the passion, RJ. He talks about Jesus, how, you know, the thing they always focus on is how much he suffered. But, it's you know, he, he timed it out, just like we've timed out the length of some of these scenes in this this, this picture. Mm-hmm. It's like four hours. And, uh, you know, he got off not that bad.
1: It's not too bad. It's shorter
0: than this, or it's but, longer than but, this but, movie. But in essence, uh, yeah. But you think about, uh, like, the, the suffering of, like, all these people who never got it, got it. Mm-hmm. that surrounded him they all abandoned him and having to live with that and the fact that hey now you're going to get crucified uh, it's a, it's actually a really good sequence like it's really well shot this like back and mm-hmm. forth the camera like wanders back and forth and zooms in weirdly like it's very not what you'd expect but it plays out really well uh i think it's probably the best scene of the movie for me mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just because, and it goes right back to this idea of like why this is this this is the silence trilogy, and this mm-hmm. idea of uh, you know living in a world where like you know God's not chatting us up, we're just talking into this great void, and in this one it drives that point hard, this home probably pretty hard because even mm-hmm. Jesus was uh didn't hear him. It is the conclusion,
1: uh, and that, then and then that's where last temptation of Christ. Kicks in is right after that guy finishes talking. He's like, yeah. "I found a movie we should watch, we should, Priest." Let's, let's pop it in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, what are you talking about? Uh, God, this movie called Winter Light. <laughs> oh right. So there's a big there's a question about. Hey, are we even going to run this? Like, no one's even here. Mm-hmm. If we didn't, the only person that wouldn't would know is Marta, and she doesn't care. And mm-hmm. uh, the the organ, old organist Greta Thunberg's grandpa, he, his character doesn't <laughs> give a shit. And uh, he seems nope. like ready to go for a poke. Doesn't care for a what, Jarrett? One of those pokes. You you'll tune in last week's episode and hear more about that. Okay. Um, but he's just like, yeah, fuck, I don't want to do this and go again. But it's like that's what we do. They turn on the switch to the candlelit, like chandeliers that are like mm-hmm. electric. I felt, uh, which was kind of, yeah, they were. Yeah. Which is interesting.
1: Well, there, there's comment on that, right. About like electric versus other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but watching it light up, I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the technology.
1: Is that, do you think it was like some kind of metaphor? Uh,
0: well there is, I, I, I kind of also really like how this movie ends. The final note of this comes out of nowhere. It, it's like, what is this, No Country for Old Men? Where it just ends hard. And uh, it's like, yep, no matter what, that, that that sequence of the beginning that goes on for 14 minutes, it mm-hmm. sets up this final sequence where it's like, we're, we're going to do it live. We're going to fucking do it live, Bill O'Reilly style. Really, really doing it live. Yeah. Okay, and it, so tell me more. It, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going to do this, and uh, I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking do this to an empty room. No one has mm-hmm. to listen to it because no one's listening. Uh, it, it takes you to a real dark place. Sure, sure it does. No. <laughs> so, what did you think of this movie, Jer? So, there's definitely this is definitely more of a tr- trying my patience film at times ah, because I, see. I do not care about this religious stuff. It's okay. uh, it is not uh in my wheelhouse. It is sure. not something I think about or care about. It's not an issue for me. I'm I'm long mm-hmm. past this idea and watching someone struggle with it, it's kinda like, yeah, well, get on with it. Move along. Let's just pack it up. Is it is tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I am. Oh I okay. am. So there's like just like definitely going to be a disconnect for me with the plot of this movie, more mm-hmm. so. But I will say that I liked it more the second time. Okay. Uh, I, I think I, I really do like the ending. I love the abruptness of it. I find that mm-hmm. it's uh it's a bold direction. There's no play out. There's no exterior shot of the church with the end. It's just, he just starts talking about that. God is holy and that all the earth is full of his glory. And it's a, it's like a sick joke. <laughs> and, uh, it just goes away, cuts out. It's a, it's a bold statement. And, uh, I'm really curious, uh, about Bergman's mindset on this, which we're going to maybe find out a little bit about because next week when we talk about the um, uh, Ingmar Bergman makes a movie documentary, Mm -hmm. that's the making of, of this particular film.
1: Well, it would have been good to know that before, but whatever. We wouldn't have done it anyways. It's not in the spine order. Exactly. That's the whole point, right? Exactly. We're not going to do four fucking movies in one go. It's going to, it's going to stand on its own. Sure.
0: For better or worse. Sure,
1: and hey if it doesn't stand on its own then why is it included in the criterion collection
0: i mean it character? is from the the man who brought us the the colors films it's not the, the same Red guy who did that am my mystery I I, 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 I I am curious blue and yellow oh we'll see we'll see how this <laughs> works we'll see how that plays but anyway yeah. Winter Light. so i like i said i definitely like this more the second time watching it but sure. at the same time I, I said, like, I have a hard time relating to the material in any mm-hmm. meaningful way. Uh, I guess Bergman maybe I could say boldly fails at getting it, getting that to work for me. Because, I mean, sure. we, I've watched movies that kind of touch on religion to various degrees and really, really, really like them. Like Passion of Joan of Arc or mm-hmm. Last Temptation of Christ. First Reformed? And, and not And First Reformed has the same problem. But, but is even like, mm. as I said, the dumber version of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, RJ, uh, what yeah. you think as a, as a man who has spent some time, uh, on the other side, are you, are you talking about a man of the cloth, Jarrett?
1: uh, touching cloth, touching cloth. Well, I guess, yeah, a man of the cloth would be someone who actually is. Yeah. I know what you mean. So, um, religion, Hey, eh? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So here's my rub on this, Jared. I've talked about before how I'm a good Catholic boy many, many times. All the time. Uh, so when that intro, when those first 15 minutes hit, I was like, oh, yeah, you went through the motions. Sick. And then uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it is in our language, too. So it's above translations and it is timeless, clearly. So I was like, I guess they got that right when they wrote the book. Whoever they were, whatever their names were. Uh, So I was like, that's neat. And uh, after a while, I was like, I know what's going on here. Cool, cool. And then it kept going. I was like, hmm, I wonder how long this is going to go. So that's why I timed it. When it ended, I was like, 14 minutes, huh? I was like, shit. But uh, I think possibly old Ingmar was showing what he thought of those things too. He's like, so you're going to go? Like some people go to mass like two, three times a week, Jarrett. And they get that part of the mass, like a, a bunch, you know, giving out the host. What are you going to do? Some people need that stuff. Some people need that. So uh, I might shock you here, Jared. I actually think I liked winter light more than uh, <laughs> glass darkly. Okay. Uh, I didn't, um, again, I didn't like love it or anything like that. But uh, it actually did appeal to uh, some of my, uh, my Catholic roots because not even in like any actual religious sense i was kind of just like i like this story i was like i think that's a neat thing to explore like this priest who's kind of just like i don't know man he's like what if god's a huge spider and it's like something else (laughs) and i was like ooh, i was like that's kind of cool uh and the the movie actually kind of it kind of just like mirrored some of the things that i feel like i thought it was really interesting because of things that i think people people say all the time and then it's like ironically kind of timeless where like Max was like, he's like, what's even the fucking point? He's like, this world's going to go down anyways. And I remember when, uh, you know, there was some bad stuff happening in the world like a week or two ago with planes and countries and like not happy with each other. And a lot of people were like, what's even the point anymore? It's like, why are you even going to bring kids in this world? It's a bad place. I was just like, oh, shit. And like the one thing I think people always say is like, it didn't used to be like this, you know, it seems worse than ever. Like that Joker movie, Jarrett, is it me or is it getting worse out there? <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, Winter Light is Joker remake. Um, But I was just kind of in my mind, I was like, yeah, it's I think that's what people think a lot. And then uh, I think Bergman was a smart guy. And I think he had a layers to Smart cookie. He was a good dude. It seems like I think he had some layers to this, where he was both voicing his frustration with religion as a practice in whole, where it's like where people find like frustration with it, but then I think he was also kind of trying to show like some of the strength of it too. And I'm not I'm not promoting one way or the other. I'm just saying like I think he I think he actually did a fair fair shake, where he's like here's some good. Here's some bad. He's like, these are the tough things about it to support it. And these are the tough things to not support it. So I actually kind of really like the portrayal of that. Whereas like, he's like, yeah, it sucks that no one ever talks back to you. That's really hard. But then it's like, I kind of I really like the hard ending too. he's like we're still going to he's like we're going to fucking go live we're still going to do it he's like because that's the whole point right like even though he was like very frustrated he's just like you still do it he's like because that's kind of what we do and not even like in a a blindness blind rage where he's like we'll do it anyways Mm -hmm. but I like you know what I mean I I actually kind of thought it was a little optimistic even though it was it's the whole movie in general is like kind of a bummer yeah So my, like I said, I'm not, not promoting one thing or the other, but I was like, I actually thought he did a nice little shakedown. And, uh, it's like I said, I kind of mirror in some of the sentiments of, uh, both Max von Sydow and the priest where they're kind of just like, Hey, maybe nothing matters. As I've said many times, Jarrett, nothing matters. Life isn't real. Art isn't real. So, uh, I was, when I was watching this, I was kind of like, yeah, I was like, they're saying what I'm thinking. And then I, afterwards I was like, Oh, wait a minute that guy killed himself <laughs> this guy doesn't want to be alive either I was like wait a minute am I unwell I was like do I have an issue uh and then I also I think like the scene where he like completely puts uh that lady on blast I was like whoa I was like I didn't see that coming where he, he's just like he's like I don't really like you and, fr- and he's like frankly I think you're dumb and stupid and ugly
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'll never like you I was just like god dang dude like that was kind of rough, but I I thought it was a really well executed scene. So, anyways, I actually I thought Winter Light was pretty good. I like them both. Um, I would say, I think they're both like m- the same like quality of movie for me. I just yeah. uh I actually kind of liked Winter Light more. So
0: yeah, yeah. I'd, what are you I'd, do? Yeah, I'd say that they're both the same at this point Caliber. calibers for me. But I just like yeah, I think, I mean, I would say that like Winter Light just like I love elements of it. I like how stark it is. I like how stripped down it is. And it, it feels very committed to making it have this empty vibe to it. It looks again, gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. none, none of these movies look bad at all. I love the, the emptiness of the church that, that drives home, how empty that building is. And it's just these like a little, like ridiculous, absurd little people walking around doing the rituals, mm-hmm. uh, talking, speaking to these things that uh, no one seems to be even like into. Cause like Marta, I think is like an atheist in this. And like, they're all like other, other than, uh, the, uh, the Sexton, he's like the only one that seems to be like pretty okay. And even he's kind of like, well, you know, I, I might not believe this, but, uh, you know, I was, I did some reading, you know, I was trying to take my mind off things. I, I just started reading the Bible and I'm getting in there deeper and I'm, I'm just finally getting to that thing about Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. This is a crazy book. Have you ever read this thing? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Pastor, you ever read this thing? The you ever read this like John? It's kind of weird. It gets a little wild. This 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 thing's crazy. Do you think this, is, you think this is real?
1: Well Well. Yeah, I see I like I like those kinds of conversations too. I, I just thought it was funny. I was like, hey, that's neat. Neat. Or not even neat. That's not a word, but you know. Oh well, no neat is a word for sure.
0: Uh, um <laughs> Yeah. Well you, cool.
1: I think we're in agreement yes. They're both
0: Good, shows. good, 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 good pictures.
1: Yeah. They're good, they're good quality shows. Yeah.
0: Want to hear about who hates <laughs> these movies?
1: <laughs> I guess. I, I don't know. I, yeah, yes. All
0: right. So first up we got Through a Glass Darkly. Okay. Uh, You you might find these a couple down from the half stars that you'll see. One being a very much a, I think there's some troll, there's some troll jobs going on. So you got to dig. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got a one star review from Jacob Phillips. <laughs> Uh, okay. That's just the first one. Okay. It's that one. It's maybe the other one. Winter light. You're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, easily the most banal, (laughs) unnecessary thing I've seen from Bergman goes from terrible corny melodrama to psychological drama halfway through and doesn't justify it. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. Uh,
1: so I think uh, this person could be a rival of um Uh-oh. friend of the show, Justin Peterson, because Jacob Phillips is from North Carolina, not Ooh. South Carolina, Jared. Uh-oh. They actually, this person got pretty good taste. Like, favorite movies are like Fire, Walk With Me, Eight and a Half, hmm. Eternal Sunshine, those are all, Spotless Mind. Those are good. Uh, all five-star movies are good shows, for, like Criterion Things, Brazil, Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Ed Wood, I know you're a big Ed Wood guy. Yeah, being there, the thing, Miller's Crossing—that's a movie that you like. I like that, I not like a lot that too.
0: have love. But why is this? Why is he being so harsh on this?
1: I don't know. He really likes Criterion movies. He just gave Taste of Cherry four and a half stars. Wow. Uh, and then half-star films are things like uh, Avengers: Endgame, A Beautiful Mind. It's weird. Uh, Guava <laughs> Island. I also didn't think that was a good show. Um, reanimator. Mm, you're losing me. Ants, <laughs> half a star. Losing me even more. Uh, and then I don't know, just random okay. stuff.
0: All right, nothing that guy. Yeah. All right, uh, one star from Martin Aviva. Okay. Uh oh, Martina Vaviva. Occasionally, powerful images trying to escape this total embarrassment of a film. Maybe you're an embarrassment, Martina
1: Viva. Time will tell. Uh, all their five-star films are like French movies, so I don't even mm-hmm. know what any of this shit is. Like, what is <laughs> La Goule Ouverte? Oh, um, The Mouth Agape. Okay. Le Amant Regouveler by Lionot d'Arch. Regular Lovers. Okay. De La Noob a la Resistance. Uh, from the Clouds of
0: the Resistance. All right. I don't know what any of this shit is, Jarrett. Who
1: cares? (laughs) Who knows?
0: All right. Uh, Then I've got Winter Light coming up. Okay. Two for you. One star from Evanston Dad. Okay. God, give me a break, Ingmar Bergman. This middle film in his Silence trilogy is unbearably depressing, bleak, and hopeless. I've heard Mm. that Bergman had a disdain for filmmaking and didn't like it as a medium for telling his stories. I've heard. One has to wonder then why he felt compelled to make so many films, especially when they all pound the same point into the ground over and over again. He obviously had the same disdain for his audiences as he decided to inflict his depressing frame of mind on all of us. Winterlight isn't a bad film technically, and I know I'm being a petulant (laughs) reviewer here, but sometimes my gut emotional reaction completely outweighs any artistic considerations when looking at a film, and I just couldn't stand this in my mind. Nearly unwatchable movie. Grade D. I don't know about
1: grades, but uh, this person gave First Reformed
0: five stars. Oh, fuck
1: off. <laughs> so what What does that tell you? Uh, here's some interesting half-star reviews, Jarrett. Half a star for ch- Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Huh. It's coming up a lot tonight. The Fountain, a terrific movie. The Patriot starring Mel Gibson. No, that's not a half-star movie, Jarrett. What about Happiness? Do you think that's a half-star film?
0: That's a five-star, baby. Well, I guess this guy's not a not it's one of our guys. Not one of our guys. Sorry, Evanston Dad. Uh-huh. Uh, and finally, we'll go one and a half star squeaky socks. Ew. I recently watched Through a Glass Darkly merely for its kind of cryptic title. I found out it was the first film of an aesthetic trilogy, so I figured I'd check out the other two. One key factor that made Through a Glass Darkly so compelling was the location and the interaction between the characters. It really captured the imagination. (coughs) This film, however, plays far less with the imagination. The focal point is the existential conflict of a pastor, and with a woman he knows as well as a few others— It's almost first person, but not at all. This could be the autism speaking, but I don't really care about the inner conflicts of a lead character, especially one with little personality. This movie plays out the consequences of his mental decision, which, again, Mm. doesn't capture the interest. What a bigger letdown is, is that in movies like these, I go with the setting instead, which can be engaging. This movie doesn't offer that either. The first two thirds essentially are spent in blank rooms at the church. The third third shows the village and the effects brought upon by the death of a fisherman. Kinda. More character drama mm-hmm. all in a sterile mis-setting. Mind you, these aren't negative elements I'm bestowing upon this movie. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I just personally found it exceptionally boring. Overall, I doubt I'll rewatch it, but it certainly exudes that charm that Bergman's films have. I don't uh, know, RJ, is could it be the autism speaking?
1: <laughs> I uh it's it's new for you and me to have a comment like that on the podcast. Yup. Uh, I mean, it could be. The person likes a lot of anime. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that...
0: <laughs>
1: was, it, was, that, was that a bad thing to say? I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Their tastes are all over the fucking place. like five stars to Speed and then five stars to Star Trek and then five stars to UHF. like you know what i mean and then like i don't know there's some half stars to my best friend's wedding the nice guys and then dr strange love it's i i don't know what it is maybe it is that one thing speaking maybe maybe autism decided to give boogie nights one star oh wow see wow or what about the wrestler one star
2: what the fuck
1: there's other, like, there's actual one star movies in there too, but In the Mood for Love, one and a half, Winter Light, one and a half. I don't know. This person's all over the place, but they do watch a lot of animated movies. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, huh. Autism.
0: <laughs> sure. Wow. Okay. So, uh, Bergman.
2: <laughs>
0: or the what
1: is what's the subtitle to birdman
0: oh fuck <laughs> no. something clever right yeah something real up its own ass yeah so uh that's two down two to go two to go all right well, we'll, i feel good we'll, about we'll, what we did we'll, we'll see how things uh settle up next week i guess sure yeah sure. I'm, i don't know i'm i might quit but okay. you can keep going that's fine yeah. um after the break, R.J. and I are going to tell someone about how their husband just killed themselves. And then kind of like look through the window and say, oh, there they are telling their kids about it. <laughs> Job well done. And then drive off to the next church. Um, did that happen in this movie? <laughs> it kind of
1: did. Job well done. All right. See you later. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. It's not totally what I took out of it but uh I kind of like your interpretation a little well, bit.
0: Well, I think in First Reformed he bangs her, so there's that. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, cuz movies are dumb.
2: Mm. Sick.
0: a spider god crawled into your room and tried to penetrate you would you be okay with that uh how hot is he he's pretty I mean he's stone faced but he is a spider does does he have abs he's he's all abs
2: Uh, I
0: would consider it do I
1: have it like do I have time to consent or no
0: hmm Is this like a demon
1: seed situation?
0: It might be. You're Mm. going to have spider babies coming up inside of you. And your husband will come home and go, what the? (laughs) What the fuck? When did this happen? Why am I just hearing about this? Or not again. Not again. What are you? uh, Spiders. You can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us about your gods. We've got a Facebook sure. page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on YouTube. We're on Patreon, where you can give us money. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Tumblr. God, Christian Mingle, J-Date. Next week, Spine 208 continues as we look at... Spine 211, The Silence from 1963, and Spine 212, Igmar Bergman Makes a Movie from 1962, directed by Vilgot Schumann.
1: Do you think Igmar Bergman would have won on Christian Mingle if he was a single guy? Because Tumblr wasn't around when he was there, but do you think he would have won on that? I think he
0: pulled probably okay without it.
1: Or do you think he would have went on J-Date just to like, because he wanted, you know, something a little bit out of his comfort zone? J-Date. Uh, that's a
0: Jewish dating service. I see. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how, uh, how big that is in Sweden. You don't know what the, Exactly. You don't know. I don't know. You don't know. And hey, we might even have a guest <laughs> next week. Are you for serious? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know.
1: Oh, you never told me that. Is it someone I like or no? Spider God. Oh. Oh, my God. Good night. Sign up for JD. Let me know if it's any good.